Yeah, now Kwame, he was trying to get at you some type of way. I seen it on the live. It was that live that y'all did. And, and then I'm watching, I'm like, and on one of them, he's trying to cut you off like crazy. Like, whole, like he was talking over you, everything. Yeah, you, well, 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 listen, with, with Kwame, right, people feel like, you know, Kwame, he got in your ass, which he did because I let him. Because you got to understand something. First and foremost, I didn't realize that Kwame was a fan of me. Mm. Yeah, he knew he knew some shit about you. He he was a fan already of me and shouted me out. So I kind of like jumped out the window. That's why I, I, I apologized. But he was like, nah, apology not accepted. So my whole thing is when everybody was sitting up there like, yo, Kwame, yeah, Kwame, he, he beat you. How you beat a nigga that said I'm sorry? Mm. Yeah, I, it was kind of interesting that, that he wouldn't take the apology. And like, you know, I think as men, black men, like, you don't really see black men be like, you know what? You know, my bad. And when 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 someone comes to you like that, that's as probably as humble as you gonna get them. So I I, I watched that and 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 I watched how it escalate because he kind of try to spit in the face of the apology. You know what I mean? And I seen it and I was like, I was like, Hassan getting known as Hassan Campbell shit. You know what I mean? But you gotta understand something now, right? People didn't realize when I apologized to him. Yeah, I was being strategic too. I fell back. I let him verbally attack me for like two months on the internet, just ignoring him. Kwame Brown came out as the victim of Michael Jordan. He was getting bullied. <laughs> the victim of Michael Jordan the and vic- everybody else. He was yeah, it was like a domestic vic- violence. It was a domestic violence situation <laughs> where, where all he was crying about is how they treated him. Yeah. And my whole thing is, so you come out on social media and then you become the bully. The victim becomes the bully because you got the audience. And see, my whole thing is I knew that Kwame Brown wasn't going to be able to last 12 rounds on YouTube. Mm. Look at his numbers now. Is it? It fell? His number. <laughs> Come on, man. No, I really don't know. I really Kwame don't know. Kwame Brown I just, I went, just... went from being having 30,000, 20,000 people watching him. At, YouTube pushed him like he was the heavyweight champ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got knocked out in the second fight. The second fight? It's over. <laughs> His listen, boom, boom, boom. His YouTube career is oh, it's over, it's over. Like he, so he gets up there now. Like bottom line to it is first and foremost, right? For me, and I hate to diss Kwame because if I could have turned back time and me and me and Kwame could have been cool, I would be cool with the brother. But like he said, he don't accept my policy, so I'm not gonna never apologize to you again. It is what it is. You took it as disrespect. No, what I took it as is I knew what he was doing. Me personally, I call him Illuminati Kwame. I asked him when he Illumin- came on the Illuminati, you, Illuminati Kwame? Kwame. Who sent you? Like one thing I love is that conversation where you was looking all spooky with Takashi Six Nine. You looking at him like, "Shut up, nigga." He was like, "Listen, you got to sit down with somebody." Kwame, you a hundred million dollar nigga, right? You done made a hundred million dollars over the years. Why are you on YouTube? You see what I'm saying? Why you got so much time? Like, I think he's dur- frustrated during that time. Listen, during that time, you give me a hundred million dollars, right? $100 million, and I'm not going to be on YouTube doing lives. This dude was doing seven-hour lives, doing three times a day. Like, how you have time for your family? You constantly talking about me, somebody that you call dysfunctional, right? I am dysfunctional, but guess what? 95% of the black community is dysfunctional. I like how you, you own your shit. And by the way, let me just give a real quick intro. By the way, uh, welcome to Off The Record Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I had to go. I searched high and low. I went over mountains. I went 
in the depths of valleys, okay? I went to the ends of the goddamn sphere that we call the earth because I had to find somebody who was most more hated and more controversial than me. I felt like I found the guy, and I'm glad that we got him here in one piece. I'll be your Huckleberry, baby. The person I'm talking about, y'all might know him on YouTube. I call him right now. I'm, I'm going to give it to you. And you got to talk to the mic. I know, I know you normally just record off your phone. You got to talk to the mic. You are, to me, you kind of like, you kind of like, I'm going to call you the welter. You the heavyweight champ right now because you're taking on anybody. You're taking on anybody. You're, you're not holding punches. You're not picking and choosing, which that's why, that's why I like with you the most. Because, you know, by the way, you've criticized me before. I'm like, yo, who's this guy? And then I'm like, oh, this thing is just gives it up. He gives it up. And he gives it up to everybody. And this message that he's 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 going for isn't partial to who he don't like. It's basically applying to whoever who fits it. I liked it. And I watch you in many situations where I see other rappers that people would be like, oh, shit, that's so-and-so. You know, you got to, you know, we call everybody out, but we got to ignore their bullshit. And you're like, nah, we're not going to do it. I get a lot of respect for that. But the person who I got to lose my guest today on Spotify, on or off the record, is none other than Hassan Campbell. Welcome, my guy. Um, <laughs> first, it's first time we we met, and I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, man. It was hard to get a hold of you, bro. Like, how is it so hard to get a hold of you? I know you got a lot of enemies. Um, I do want to get into your story, but it was so hard to get a hold of you, dog. You know what? Everything happens for a reason. And I personally feel like like I'm blackballed, and I'm good with it. You're blackballed. Why, why, why you think so? Why I think so? Who, who, who haven't I? Who haven't I? I said something about in this music industry. Like a lot of people, I had a conversation earlier today, right, about Jay Prince, and a brother was checking me like you was never supposed to say what I said about Jay Prince. What'd you say about Jay Prince? I said I would, and I apologize to Jay Prince at this point in time because. I feel like it was unnecessary, but at the same time, at that moment of me being enraged, when Jay Prince told, he put the roll call out for dudes in New York City to get that chain back of that young boy that got cut. Why be nobody Jay? My whole thing is, is like, yo, New York rap was drowning. And this is how you get our response. You see what I'm saying? And even still, with all due respect to Jay Prince, me and Hocus 4-5 had our little quavo, but Hocus 4-5 is my dude right now. He's a good dude. And for him to put a roll call out to get a J. Prince chain back, where's the Drake feature? Mm. Hocus don't have to say that. I say that for my brother. Hocus don't talk about that, man. We never discussed J. Prince. But my whole thing is, is like I said, you put, you, you put a roll call out and told New York um, rappers, or basically, or else. Yeah. And my whole thing was like, no, I'm sorry. I come from an era where you just don't talk to and address brothers like that. And then even still, Hocus did what he did. Got that chain back, flew out there. Where's the reward at? I want to see Hocus 4-5 on stages performing with some of the best of the best because he earned that. So you don't you don't like how uh, Jay Prince kind of mobilized New York City with pretty much no reward, given the, given the fact that New York City at that moment... Needed 
like they could have needed some extra energy in the music side, but it was only to use them for whatever they could do in the street for him. Use them for whatever they could do in the street. The New York, the Bronx, the Bronx is the home of hip hop. Hocus Four Fifth at the time is a dude that did something. What he did for Jay Prince was legendary. Oh, he got the shit. Back. He got that chain back. But if people don't know, like so, so I've been Almighty Jay goes to um, New York. It was with little TJ. They go to some hotel. Um, some dudes run up uh, um, at the hotel lobby. He's the only one left. They beat him. They cut him with like a Hennessy bottle. They take his chain. And Jay Prince said that chain has to be returned. And he called upon people from New York to facilitate that chain being returned. And Hocus for Fifth, right, is one of the people who stepped up. Right. And mm. my, whole thing, my whole thing is just from an outsider. Because like I said, Hocus don't talk about that, man. We don't talk about this. But what I'm saying from the outside, I'm saying what I say what everybody else thinks that's afraid to say. I don't bite my tongue. Sometimes somebody has to say it. Hocus for a fifth dream at one point in time. I don't know if it's still the same thing. Was to rock, rock the mic. He's an MC. Help him rock the mic on those stages. Drake is doing concerts. Let him perform after whoever, whatever. Jay Prince is a legend. He's a powerful legend. Well, you know that's not how the game goes. And see, there's another thing Another thing that I feel too, right, that a lot of people ain't saying that I'm going to say. Nas came out with a song that I heard years ago. He said, all I need is one mic. All I need is one mic. So many black men. Have that one mic and that one opportunity to say so many things for black people and drop the ball. Jay Prince is one of the most powerful black men ever. Where's the might at? If you could do a roll call to get the chains back, where's the roll call to get our 40 acres and a mule back? We are stolen people on stolen land. When do we use that kind of muscle to get get back with this with what's deserved to us? We did not come from Africa. We was already here. When they came to this country, they brought blankets. Oh, let me keep you warm in this cold America. And we got snuggled up in those blankets, and the next thing you know, we had smallpox. And it ain't never been the same. Yo, the way you look at things, it... You see, people that come from the hood, they usually don't look bigger than their situation. And even how you're talking about, like, yo, Jay Prince being so powerful. I think people look at Jay Prince being powerful, but within the confines and context of the hood. Right? Like, he, we think he's so powerful, but, like, say there was something that happened, maybe that was on some police brutality shit in Houston. Do we think that he could enforce and, and make sure change happened? Nah. Like, we think that's beyond him. Because we look at a lot of things when it comes to culture, like, oh, that's the streets, that's whatever the case is. So you got power within those facilities. But when it comes to shit that's, like, government-based or livelihood-based, those people we kind of look at like they're powerless. All right, so my whole thing is like this, because I'm not going to just focus on Jay Prince Neva. And shout-out to Jay Prince or whatever the case may be. Like I said, at that point in time, I came off with my anger— I don't bite my tongue. Jay Prince is a man that deserves respect, and mm. I gave him disrespect, and it was it was accordingly to the way that he delivered himself in that message. So at that time and that moment, like, nah, we from New York. We don't bow down to no other state, anybody. We, I'm, what do you say? I got 100 guns, 100 clips. Nigga, I'm from, I'm from New York. We don't bow down to everybody. Like, no. So 
that's going. But my whole thing is we're not going to sit up there and act like right now we got hip hop done created some of the most powerful black men in the world. We're not going to act like that. We, we that we, we just can't go out and buy back the land in the houses right now. You got corporations that's buying up land, farmland and buying up houses so that you could be stuck staying renting instead of owning. Right now, America is for sale. So where is the black landlords? Mm. Don't come to me. I'm getting sick and tired of dudes coming to the city with their turkeys, their coats, and their book bags, and they're going to run it back to the tax man as a tax write-off. Stop playing. The black community need way more than your book bag and turkeys. Welfare has been doing us great in Section 8. We don't need that. We need y'all to come in and build Black Wall Street. We need black doctors. We need black lawyers. When did you come to like like these type of realizations? Because, you know, I'm trying to like kind of figure out your story and your come up. Um, it feels like, you know, as a young kid, you were probably exposed to some of the same environment that a lot of people would use as an excuse to say, well, man, yeah, the reason I'm out here, you know what I mean, selling drugs or robbing or you know, being a street dude is because this is who I grew up in. And it felt like that might have been a, your part of your story as well at a certain point. But it then felt like you pivoted where you started to gain an, a, a better understanding of the cause and effect of everything on the community. Whether it's rap music, whether it's like, you know, as we're talking about, you just said America's for sale. Like keeping people uh, of, of color or keeping people who are poor Constantly as renters rather than homeowners. It felt like you started looking at things differently. I'm wondering when did that happen and why? Wow. It's not, it's, you know what? It's like when you take it back. I remember there was a time where I was a kid I, and, I, and I used to watch America's Most Wanted in FBI files. And be like, damn, he killed somebody. Then the next thing you know, I'm in jail. Damn, I killed somebody. My mother didn't raise me to be a quote-unquote street nigga. Wait, you, you got arrested? Yeah. For murder? Yeah, more than once. Hold up. Hold up. Because again, this is new to me in terms of like this story. I'm pretty sure like the people who watch it have heard. What age are you? Because, because also, yo, I watch you a lot, and, and I've seen at times, like, the, the passion you talk about stuff, I see tears in your eyes. I see somebody who's very willing to wear their emotions on their sleeves despite where they're from and what they're willing to do and what they're about because you're sincere. And what I see is, like, some of it's trauma, some of it's hurt, but it's all genuine. So, so when I'm asking you, like, man— Damn, you got locked up for murder. Like all these things probably culminate in why you're having this perspective. And I actually I fuck with this perspective, even though I've told you before. I just don't think a lot of people are going to agree with you because we live in a very hypocritical world. The streets are hypocritical. So how do you get locked up in what age for for murder? Well, let me tell. Let me start by this. Right. Mr. Torres, Mr. Torres in the fifth grade. My fifth grade teacher told me. By the time you hit 18, you're going to go to jail. Sure enough, my birthday is September 3rd. He told you this or told the whole class? He told the whole class that, embarrassed me in front of the whole class. Why? Because he could see the trouble 
I was a troubled child. He could see something was wrong, but nobody never did nothing about it. You see what I'm saying? And that's just like every kid in the hood. Everybody could see something is wrong with the kids in the hood, but ain't nobody talking about it. So all of my pain just built up and built up and built up and built up. And I had to deal with being raised by a black woman that was destroyed. My mother was raised in a household where her stepfather was an Africa Bambada. If you don't know what that, he was an R. Kelly. Yeah, I, I, I heard. So th- that story also um, kind of like shocked the hip hop community a bit where um, someone who was considered a legend I, and I feel like he still doesn't get the same treatment like other people. Well, hold up. It shocked, the, it shocked them how? When you sit back and you analyze how the whole hip-hop community, right? Everybody asking me, why I didn't do nothing to Africa Bambada? Did you forget that this man had an army called the Zulu Nation? Do you, do you not realize that not one rapper violated this man or said anything about that family? Because that was the most dangerous family in hip-hop throughout the history of hip-hop. How were you around him? Bronx River. So, so like, how do y'all meet? Is it, like, mutual family? Is it, like, you know, he's someone who's just kind of known in the community and, like... All right, let me break, let me break Africa, Africa Bambada down to you, right? You're living in Bronx River Park, Bronx River Projects. You got the dude that's the godfather of hip-hop. He is the founder, one of the forefathers of hip-hop. All of those legendary parties in the legendary center that you hear about either happened on Cedric Ave with Kool Herc, and the majority of them, when Africa Bambada started, he had to, when he had the rock and he was bouncing that ball, he, he, he had it. And then he had a family called the Zulu Nation that every gang in New York City merged into. So every gang became that gang. So now you got the number one, the most powerful family in hip-hop. Right in the Zulu Nation. Mm. So now when you, when, then you take the elements, right? Now you got a dude that's legendary that don't moves out. He doesn't move out of the projects. Instead, he filters children in from the community center up into his bedroom. Then you're dealing with kids. You're dealing with a mastermind here. You're dealing with a man that has a machine, a family of killers. Some of the illest killers came from the Zulu Nation. Did people know about this? The whole world knew about it. And nobody said shit. Nobody, everybody knew. It was like, listen, if you listen to Peter Guns, he put something up on the internet, I forgot where it's at, where he actually broke down, like everybody knew what Bam was doing. But who was going to be bold enough to go against that army of killers that he had? Right now, you got all, yo, shout out to Uncle Murder, but every year Uncle Murder does the yearly wrap-up and never mentions Africa Bambada. Some of the toughest dudes in the music industry will not mention his name. Then you got to look at the history of Africa Bambada. His teacher, his master teacher, Dr. York, is in jail for 200 years and change for, 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 for touching over 200 children. They had so many children that he touched. Oh. Exactly. So it, it, it happened to him. Cult leader passed down the cult leader. And then he affected other people. Right. You know, so now you living in Bronx River. Let's get back to Bronx River because I don't even want to get too much into that creep. But I want to get, get into the environment that bred us to be this way. Me coming outside in Bronx River, right? I'm dealing in an abusive house. My mother was beating like Thundercats out of my ass. 
Thundercats, a step far, a stepfather that at one point he was there, next point he wasn't there. But now you go outside in the elements of Bronx River where this is the drug, the crack era. I was scared to death to go outside. My sister got moved away because she went through the same thing I went through, but somebody snatched her off the street. I let her tell a story. I'm not, you know what I mean? I let my sister tell her. So now I'm left to defend, defend really for myself. My mother got six kids. When I go outside, I'm going outside to the wolves. Who am I running to? I'm running away from an abusive mother. I love you, Ma. May you rest in peace. But my mother was like, yo, whipping my ass to the cows come home. Then you running, you, you running to the rescue of a pedophile. You damned if you do, you damned if you don't. You go outside. My mother sent me to the store to go get some cigarettes or some milk or some eggs. And then I got to go fight everybody from this block right here to that block right there. Just, just going through the projects. Now you're scared because some of these dudes that you fight, everybody got guns. The only difference between now and then is that we're more overpopulated. That's what makes the caliber of dudes and we're more overpopulated. That's why I tell people it's worse now. Because the, the caliber of dudes that raised me, you don't see that caliber no more. These dudes is mentally brain dead. So now the elements in my building... Where I come from, most of the kids didn't have no father. So let's sit back and really break down what's going on in the, in, in, in the environment, in the community. Here it is. You got a, 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 the, the worst place in the world for a black child is being born in the womb of a hood booger. Mm. A AKA bad bitch. You got, you, you got these females where the worst thing that happened to them is that they had to be in that woman's womb. And being raised by her. They sit up there and they tell you, they ain't got, I did this all by myself. No. Every six months you had a new man violating your child. I seen a situation just recently, right? Girl that I know. She been in a relationship with mad different dudes that was whooping her ass. Her son finally got of age where he got with some friends that had a gun. And you know what he did? He pushed that nigga shit back. And now she's sitting up there crying. He said, Mom, I'm not letting you go through this no more. She had the opportunity to leave that man. She didn't leave that man. Her son took it in his hands. Now the courts is taking it in their hands. Mm. The worst thing that ever happened to a black woman, in some cases, is the black man. She get dogged out. But every man that comes across her, all her pain is taken out on her children. And you wonder why these babies out in the street drilling and killing? You got to ask yourself a question. What would make a 14-year-old kid just go outside and want to kill? I see. I seen you talk about even that, that kid C. Blue recently. And, and, and it, it, you know, I was going to cover that story. And I, and I happened to come across a video, and I didn't. Because the perspective you had was very enlightening. And it was enlightening because you treated him like a kid. Me, I was looking at him like, well, if you're, if you're taking a gun onto the street in New York City where you know it's illegal and you're getting into it with a police officer, this is all your fault. But hearing how you kind of describe the trauma that that kid probably went through to even end up in that circumstance... It's clear to me that you you empathize with 
the the trauma and struggle that black kids have to grow up in, especially in the hood, when they come from broken families. And I think you see a lot of why you made certain decisions in in the fuck ups that they make. And it's very different because I, I that's not a perspective that I have. So that's why I value your perspective in in, in all these things. But you know, I hear you mention your mom. Do do you do you blame your mom? I know, you know, I rest her so but do you do you blame her for like some of the situations? I blame this satanic system that raised us through trials and tribulations of slavery. Cause that was passed down. So, so like some of the things that, that happened to me was passed down through slavery. Like you had to live with your with with your, with, with, with the with the predator in the same home. My mother had to live through that. Mm. She was broken. So in turn, she broke me. And then the community broke me as a child and as an adult. But when you really sit back and you analyze it, let's, let's really sit back. You look at, speaking of the, 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 the young rapper C-Blue, right? Society created an environment where it's killer be killed. That kid might have a good family. He just got bailed out. So somebody loves him. <coughs> now this young boy is home. Or rather, before he went home, I don't know who his enemies was, but I knew I do know that babies are killing babies, and everybody is saying they baby's a good boy. So when do we come to the table and not pull off this bullshit that I seen my son doing when he went to Dr. J's with a bullhorn and a cardboard box? No justice, no peace. Hold up. You were Dr. J. You were Dr. J's homeboy, and see people be like, "You hate you know." Why are you in Dr. J's with a bullhorn with Trife Gangster? Trife Gangster. Listen to the name, Trife Gangster of Blood. You, you you're a gangbanger. When something happens to a black a, a black child, and a black child get murdered, now all of a sudden, gangbangers have bullhorns instead of po- instead of pulling a pistols. No. That's when you know the 501c3 is kicking in and niggas is on a budget. Because gangbangers is going to gangbang. Red light, green light, bang, bang, bang. Peace almighty, peace, blood. So we get to the streets now and our babies is dying and you got gangbangers with bullhorns and, and Dr. J's. Instead of sitting up there saying, hey, you know what we hanging out today? We going to hang out in the lobby of the project building with these young boys without the camera. Nobody wants to be on camera living that life. Everybody asks, what are you doing, Hassan Campbell? I've done things and be doing things that you can't put on camera. Right now, black people's pain is a hustle. Dudes are literally getting rich off of our pain. Our pain is a hustle. Not on my watch. I'm going to call dudes out. Right now, it's like the video I made to the mayor. New mayor of New York, right? And I said to him, clearly, right now, black men that did 20 years, 10 years in jail are afraid to go to the corner store. They still get busy dudes, but they don't want to go to jail. They want to do the right thing. But the conditions of New York, the environment is kill or be killed now. So you either A, going to get judged by 12 or carried by six. The jury finding you guilty or your family carrying you in a box. So now the thing is, it's okay. Like I asked the mayor, 
Will there be redemption or forgiveness for the three-time felon that got caught with a gun because he had no choice but to go to work with a gun on him but got caught on transit or got caught by, by the new technology that they're about to use? If he get caught coming in the lobby where they break the elevator lights and they break the hallway lights going to his floor and somebody catches him slipping, he get robbed. If he get the up, up, the up and up, he shoots him. Okay, you murdered somebody before. You get in life. I didn't want to do this to this person. I'm left with no choice. You got dudes that got kids in the street. That kids are scared to death to go to high school. So now they're going to school hiding guns outside of the school because the gangbangers at the school is jumping these kids. You don't want to get your face stomped in by 30 gangbangers. So now this kid got a gun. He gets caught with the gun. Is there mercy? For our children, for the conditions that was created through this goddamn pandemic. I told people before the pandemic that this is going to be Gotham City. That's why everybody like you. I see it. I seen the conditions. You let dudes get R&R for guns. I know dudes that got seven gun charges. Now imagine when the courts open back up how much time they're going to give them. That was the trap. I've never seen so many guns in New York City like it is right wait, now. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? So, so, so New York City was... was, was R, letting, uh, they was R, giving R, everybody an R&R. R. So now, all of these cases... It, is, it, it, is that like release on your own recognizance? Release on your own. No bail. Letting yeah. them out. So the trap was really, set. Really? New, York, the New York City? The trap was set in New York City. Now they not playing. Now this new mayor is coming with the same tactics that Giuliani came with, but, but, but better. So now you got a community where we don't even have guns being sold out of the store, sold out of the store, where every kid got at least about five of them in his house. So now the government waged war on crime, but the crime is being committed by our babies and our babies has been seduced by the music industry, right? Because now it's like I was watching Method Man or, or Math Hoffer, shout out to Math Hoffer, right? On his platform, where he said, nigga, Method Man was like, yo, I ain't never seen so many of these young boys having so much money. They're independent. They're getting money off of these streaming platforms, money off of YouTube, and they're getting their bag up, and the reward is coming from the drill music. So they make a song, dissing the dead. They get a budget. Now, every kid is saying, yo, if I diss somebody, I might get $20,000. $50,000, I'm going to start doing shows. There's a reward for evil. So now our kids, they not, they not selling because the crack era is over right now. What, you got five crackheads on a block? Now it's the new drill ever. So uh, incorporated, you got drill mixed with gang. And then when you turn on the internet, all you see is these rusty, dusty ass, old ass, decrepit ass, and I'm shout out to the young bloods, but all of you old ass, rusty ass, dusty ass, first generation bloods, you niggas is an embarrassment. Did what I also hear in your message um, is like really the the need for role models, you know, like, and 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 and, and this, but but this is what I'm gonna bring it back to even that question I asked you before. Well, I could say well. So why the fuck we gonna listen to you? You say you got locked up for murder three times. You're probably the person who, when you was doing that, you wasn't listening to nobody. Why the fuck you want us to listen to that? I'm talking as if like you know I'm one of mm. these young cats, right? Why the fuck we gonna listen to you? Well, you gotta understand something. What led me on that path 
not only was the environment that I was living in in Bronx River, but then you got to understand the older dudes. I always hung out with dudes that was 10 years older than me. See, I'm not like these dudes that's running around that's hanging out with the younger boys. If you look at the pictures, even still, the most of the pictures I'm in, the dudes is like 10 years. Everybody's 10 years older than me. So when I was that age, I had grown men putting guns in my hand. Mm. Putting guns in my hand. Like, you got to understand something. Everybody know about Hassan Campbell. This is Poppy we talking about. This is What's the, same, the difference? This is the same. The difference is anybody that knows Poppy, I was the one that was raised by B.O. You see what I'm saying? I was the one that was running with Xavier Williams. Like, some of the names that I actually was raised with is legendary names in, in, in the game. I came up with some of the most elite, dangerous niggas in New York City. And it wasn't a beef that I wasn't involved with, even with the sex money murder beef with B.O. When B.O. was murdered, that was before sex money murder was blood. I was in jail when B.O. got murdered. When Pistol Pete came to jail, this, this is what continued, like certain things happened. I don't really want to get into that, that story. Shout out to Pete. You know, I pray to God that one day he make it home. But me and Pete ended up coming from, from enemies to being cool with each other, actually getting it on in the yard with, 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 with other ops. Really? Because it got to the point that that's all we had was us. At one point in time on Rikers Island, it was me, Pete, Xavier Williams, Eric Bennett um, uptown. You send up, what up? It was, it, it, was, it was elite niggas with each other. You see what I'm saying? I come from an era that's totally different where dudes was really, really getting money. These young boys is dropping bodies just to get on camera to say, I'm smoking Tuca. May that young boy rest in peace. One of the worst feelings in the world is to actually bury your child and then you hear a car pull up next to you and they bumping a song talking about they rocked your child's snot box. A lot of people get mad because I started using that slang. It, it, that's another thing, too. So, like, you know, I, I've gotten criticism in the way I cover in Chicago. Now, let, 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 me, let me give some context. I was disgusted by Chicago. I think people don't realize that. I was hearing about a place that sounded like this, this, this is not America. Like, it's no way, like, people are, like... Killing like every people were dropping like flies. Like you would know somebody and they would die tomorrow, and then you hear about another guy die the next day, and it just didn't seem real. Now, of course, I wanted to just be like, I wanted to make videos and say this is whack. But at that time, it was yo. Everybody's listening to Chief Keith. Like yo, what you mean? We smoking on whatever, whatever. You're lame if you say it's whack. So this is how like you're right with the music. Popular culture becomes no, no. We're all smoking on that nigga. So. You're lame if you say it's whack. So I said, how could I fucking get my point across? I chose to use satire. And in satire, I started giving niggas nicknames and shit like that, hoping to get across the point like, yo, this isn't some normal shit. But I was vilified for it. And I think I think in some of the what, what they're angry at you about, too, it's like when you like, oh, was it rocking the snot box or whatever? They don't like that you say that. It seems no, disrespectful. No, 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 no. Uh-uh, that's bullshit. It's not that they don't like that I say it. What it is is that they don't like the fact that I'm winning. Mm. Every time they count me out, you got to understand something, right? You got dudes, rappers, all types of people that's failing at what they want to be at in life. They go, this shit wasn't something that I wanted. Like when people talk about, oh, you used this story with Africa Bambada to make it. Now, let me break something down. Anybody that really listens to my story, when Star put my video up, Talking about Africa Bambada, 
after some of my Zulu brothers came to me, I begged Star to take, they begged him rather, to take that video down. I was humiliated and embarrassed and wanted this shit to go away. Why did you choose to tell your truth? Like, um, what did you think it was going to help? Or, or were you having just turmoil inside? Just not, you, did you feel like you weren't, like you weren't probably standing up if you didn't speak out? Well, you got you to gotta understand something. First and foremost, people got to understand when they say I was still around Africa Bambada, Africa Bambada raised me. He was like my father. Mm. Like my father. Like you got to understand when, when, when on some real shit, and I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't give a damn. With the, the, the murder case that happened in 94, that happened after, like I told you, September 4th, I got locked up. September 3rd was my birthday. September 5th, um, I was on the run for shooting Max from Trio. September 6th. Wait, wait, hold on. You can say this, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. I was on the run for shooting Max. Okay. Right? That's the first charge I got locked up for with Max. Or rather, not the first one, but that's on the, the first like that that made me go on a run. The very next day, I was on a run for murder. Mm. Africa Bambada is the one that did the bid with me. So he was locked up for murder too? No, he wasn't locked up, but he should have been locked up. He was my, my getaway driver. Yep, I'm telling. He's a, per, he's a pervert. It is what it is. He was him and I met. I met his 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 manager, the dude that lived and slept in the room next door to him, was actually my getaway drivers. They never got picked up because I never told on them. So, wow. Right, right. So now you got to understand. Did you did, did, did you beat the? You clearly beat the case. Yeah. Not, no, actually, my co-defendant beat it. What I copped out, which I showed niggas the paperwork because they'd be lying. He never was locked up. I copped out to assault in the first because when they separated my trial, my co-defendant beat trial. They had less evidence on me. So now all they wanted was oh, a conviction. Oh, so he beat the murder. He beat the murder. I oh, copped shit. out to one and a half, four and a half. I already had three years on Rikers Island. So I went up to Washington and came right back down and came home. And I came home into a war zone. So now I'm coming so, home. I mean, so by the way, and, and, and just for clarity, it's, it's double jeopardy. So they can't like, oh, we're, we're bringing it back. I copped out already. So you can say whatever. Yeah, I can you say whatever. Was, okay. I copped out already. Damn. I copped out already. So, you know, I Holy did my time shit. for that. And, and you know what wait, I mean? Wait, can he could be charged though? No, he beat the case. No, no, well, I'm talking about Africa Bambada. If you say yeah, Africa Bambada, he could, he could be charged. If you say he was a getaway driver, yeah, he was the getaway driver, driver him and I met. Yeah, Jesus so Christ. I, I, like, let me let me explain something to you, right? Like, people got to understand something. When I told people if I wanted to put him in jail, I could. When I first came out, I didn't want to put him in jail. I just wanted the world to know that he was playing daddy daycare with children. You see what I'm saying? When dudes say I used my I, I used this to get on, no. I begged people to take my video down because I didn't want this life. I didn't want to be on the internet no more. I was just, I was already famous on the internet for breeding my dogs. So after a while, when, when Muhammad Stanley Bell, the, the, the um, leader of the, the, uh, the um, Zulu Warriors, the, the, the army security company, he was like, yo, we just started this company. You're going to mess it up. I was working. If you look at my pictures, you see me doing security with certain celebrities. I was working with Muhammad. So, more or less, make a long story short, six months later, after I took my stuff down, now, mind you, I went to the Zulu anniversary after I exposed them. I was at the Zulu anniversary with certain Zulus looking at me side, sideways like, oh, shit, this nigga's bold. Why are they protecting him that much? Well, because you got to understand something, right? First and foremost, some of, the, some of your greatest, like, there's rumors of him, rumors, uh, I have to say allegedly, with him 
playing house with Q-Tip, Most Def. Like, if you listen to the... I really? say allegedly. I'm saying allegedly because I can't... Okay, yeah, I allegedly. cannot prove. But the reality of it is the, it, the, some of the most legendary rappers then got topped off by Africa Bambada. You got to understand something, right? When you watch that, <clears throat> the door, when Nori talks about on his platform, there's three doors... In order to get to a certain level, you had to go through a certain door. What Nori kept saying, that door, that door is true. And the fact that I keep bringing explain it up. Explain that. Explain that. In order for you, they say you have to make a blood sacrifice. You have to perform homosexuality. All you have to do is three doors. But the bottom line to it is you have to do some type of ritual going through those three doors. Where, Like, for example, why is every rapper sitting up there saying, I didn't sell my soul? So the question is, if you didn't sell your soul, who did? But then even more of a question is if people are selling their soul, who are they selling their soul to in the music industry? Because everybody either said they sold their soul or I didn't sell my soul. So if you didn't sell your soul, you know somebody that did. Soldier Boy screaming, I ain't sell my soul. Okay, so who did? Even with Takashi, when he broke down with you and him sitting and you was looking at him sideways and he was like, listen... In these streaming companies, in order for you to be successful, you have to sit down with somebody. Well, who's the somebody? Point blank, period. Who's the somebody? I'm trying to still remember that conversation. Um, I mean, they're gatekeepers, though. They're yes. ga- now, 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 here's the thing. I can't say that the gatekeepers, and there's gatekeepers for different facets in the industry. I can't say these people are saying, and I think this is where... Yo, African Bambada, um, like, you know, clearly he's guilty of he to gain access or for him to open a gate. He might be saying he's going to trade it for sexual favors or whatever else. I'm not sure if everyone does that. But does that abuse of power, knowing that you're a gatekeeper and someone wants to get on the opposite side or want to gain entrance or access to certain parts of the industry? Do they take advantage of that? Shit. I've heard a lot of that. Have I witnessed it? No. But I've heard, and there's some, honestly, I even said one time, there's there's a few people that internal conversations, like people who's behind the scenes and who's in the industry, they all name like a few people, but you never hear them say publicly. And, and the audience, if they heard those names, they'd be like, what are you talking about? And, and I was like, yo, damn. I felt that shit maybe... Once I saw behind the veil of the industry, I'm like, wait, how come this is like universally known about these people, but the public don't know this shit at all? And maybe that's what you're talking about in terms of, well, maybe selling your soul is compromising yourself that you can't come out and reveal. Like you came out and revealed, revealed something that shit, some people could argue could have gotten you killed. Well, you got to keep in mind, I'm still fighting a war with these same people. Like, when people talk about why you didn't do nothing to Africa, Bambada, like, first of all, you got to understand something. This is a dude that was laying low in Brazil. Brazil, the same place where they banned him from coming, o- coming over there because he got locked up for touching a child over there. And I ain't got to say allegedly, Wait, Africa, uh, Bambada. Really? He was arrested for touching a child in Brazil. You see what I'm saying? But you got to listen. So he's a serial fucking... Yeah, he's a serial. Like, you got to understand something. That that dude got at least about a, a minimum of 5,000 children on, up under his belt. Wow. Do, do, do you feel like the effects of that probably stunted also, like, you know, 
you know, your growth as a man in terms of having normal relationships with, you know, the opposite sex and also having kids and having regular relationships with them. Seeing what, that's trauma. Trauma, you don't even, let me explain something to you, right? People, like, a, a, a lot of people be on some old, like, yo, why this nigga be bugging? He be, got like, he be, like, he, he be breaking down on the internet. My mother had to share in the burden of me exposing Africa Bambada because then she had to be put on trial, which puts a strain on me and her relationship. And for the last three years of my mother's life, my mother was dying. She was in a coma for a whole year straight. And for me and my mother to lose our relationship, our bond that we had, because of this, it opened up wounds and childhood pain like I've never felt. Then you got to understand something too, right? Wait, 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 about your mother, because, like, you know, shit, you know, everybody's family sometimes— it, it, for whatever reason, the black community, sometimes when it comes to especially family shit, you know, we all come from, like, a lot of times broken homes. Like, there's always that one weird motherfucker in the family or that one weird motherfucker who's adjacent to the family who might be doing some weird shit. But you realize the rest of the family, they will die before they admit it. Because, you know what, it's guilt. It's guilt. Like, you have to admit you failed. To admit that, like, you know what I mean? Was that part of it? Like, she had to pretty much admit that she didn't do something correctly if that was a result of what happened with you. She was forced to live with the man that raped her, her and her sister, her, sisters, her, her brothers and sisters, her stepfather. She was forced for years to live with this man till she ran away. So you can see the damage that it did to her. And this is what's being passed down. Like, you see certain celebrities... And these comedies break down how they laugh about how the family predator be in the living room during Thanksgiving and, oh, go get the kids away from uncle such and such or cousin such and such. That's exactly it's what a it's joke. Yeah, they, that she nigga a joke. is supposed to hang from a tree. It's not supposed to be funny. Let's keep it all the way funky. How do you deal with pedophilia when most of these dudes is 15 to 20 years older than their first baby mother? A lot of dudes ain't willing to have that conversation because their first baby mother was in a junior high school when they should have been somewhere. Like these dudes was 30 years old sleeping with girls in junior high school. So it's hard to deal with this topic. Like when you bring up, when you really, really bring up this topic, what's the first thing you hear people talk about? How old was Jay-Z when he allegedly was with Foxy Brown? So it's like, okay, now we got to start digging. And the one thing I will say is, you know what? As men, we was raised and taught to go for the younger girl. Nobody want the girl that everybody done smashed already with the kids because she done had a kid fresh out of high school. She 19 with three kids. So the older dudes taught the younger dudes it was okay to sleep with the younger girls. At some point in time or whatever the case may be, I can't really say what Jay-Z did if he really did that or whatever. Those, those were the rumors. You see what I'm saying? But nobody want those kind of rumors. You might have been a dude that did that one time because you was raised to think that it was okay to be a few years older than a female when you slept with a younger female, but not doing that no more. You have a right to speak out against pedophilia. We all make mistakes. If you're not living that lifestyle, you should have a right to be able to sit up there and say, I could talk about drug selling because I don't live that way no more. And I realized that I was destroying my community. But the problem is, is that, okay, <clears throat> if you lived or you did anything wrong, you can't come back and get redemption. I personally feel like any man that went to jail and bragged about doing 20 years in jail, 
You owe the community. You don't get mm. to body somebody from the community and don't give back for the pain that you caused the community. The problem is these niggas come home from jail and start bragging and, 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 and want bragging rights. No, you owe. You are in debt. Fix your credit with the community. Fix your credit with the community. You owe this community. And that's where, that, that's where I'm <coughs> at with it. We all owe the community. But what we have to stop doing is, is sitting up there pretending that a mayor or protesting is going to fix broken black homes. If you wake up every day and listen to music with another rapper talk about killing another black man every day, you're dysfunctional. If you wake up every single day, I get high, I get high, I get, shout out to Styles P, you get high every day, you're dysfunctional. You are running from yourself. If you got to get high and drunk every day, there's something within you you're trying to escape. True. So when people be like, oh, he's dysfunctional, you're right, I'm what the hood made me. You're a product of the environment and the people around you and the what, trauma that you experience. Yo, everybody takes a shit on the hood and then want to come back like Nino Brown and give turkeys out. No. Absolutely not. You cannot lead the children in the community to the hellfire and think you're going to make it better because you give out turkeys. You a sucker. So how, how much time did you, did you actually spend incarcerated? Over I beat all, I, all, all my cases. I beat my cases. So all the murders you got charged for, you beat? La the, the first time I went, I had the body in the temp, right? Mm -hmm. They tried to indict me for two more homicides on that first bed. They didn't. The second bed, I had three attempt murders. That was the night I got shot that I was with I guard. You may got he, shot before. May, may, may he rest in peace. That same night when I went to the hospital, they locked me up for shooting three people. Matter of fact, the crazy part about it is Z-Banger was there that night in Agard. Z-Banger told the story. Wait, where'd you get shot at? Right in my own, right here. Man, you was active in the streets. Like, you got to understand, son, people don't even believe the story. The first bullet that hit me lifted me off my feet. I had metal beats of beads on. The shit ricocheted off my chest. I fell on my back. The reason why I got shot in my back is because I was turning like this to push myself off the floor. The dude that shot me was laying on the floor. He was already hit. Somebody hit him, but he, he was already hit. So he hit me as I was getting up. I took myself to the hospital. You know what I mean? And then the last body was in 2004. That was in my building. You see something right here? It was in my building. My enemies killed the dude inside the building and left a witness there to say I did it. So I went to jail for the homicide. I knew the police was helping him set me up because she was an informant anyway. Like, she was like a big, big, big-time international rat. You know, so they killed the dude in the apartment. So the police was working with this fucking informant to yeah. lie on you. So that's why? why? So that's why, first of all, you got to understand, son, for a dude that keep, that, keep, that keep beating cases like this, I was a oh, menace. Oh, they want to get you. I was a menace in the streets. So now when you sit back and you analyze it, me, I get locked up. This tapes that showed that I was never even in Bronx River when the body, when the body dropped. I was in Co-op City. I had a co-op in Co-op City. I was on camera when the body dropped picking up a package. Mm. That's how I beat that case. That's how I made it home. So now, right after that, this is where it's like, okay, I, I promised myself I was going to destroy my name. Start falling back. Little did I know was, like, around that time, all of my, like, like my right-hand mans was getting life in jail. So me, I fell back into the house to save myself from the streets because it's like everybody's going, I'm the last of the Mohegans. 
One of my brothers just finally came home. Shout out to my brother T-Mac. B.O.'s brother. His little brother. These are the niggas that raised me. You see what I'm saying? Like, so all of my dudes was locked up. I'm not the type of dude that just run around with anybody. Like, now I hang out with a square. Like a dude like you, for example. I'll hang out with squares now. I'm a square. But, but, I, but let me show you something. I'm a square. My Holy. brother T-Mac, when he came home from, from, from jail, right? The first group of people that he had around him was the dudes that did the bid with him. And if you look at some of those dudes, these were squares, good, good dudes. The dudes that you think going to do the bid with you, they not there. What do you mean? All these so-called quote-unquote real niggas. Where they at? Yeah, exactly. Where was they at? It's not the real niggas that hold you down. It's the squares. The squares is the ones that the ones you least expected is the ones that sit up there sending you commissary, coming to see you on a visiting floor. If you in a hospital sick, they bringing you soup up there. The real niggas never do real shit. That's why I will never call myself a real nigga again. Real niggas never do real shit. I swear to God, I done seen dudes. You ask a dude for $20 for some pampers. Tell you I ain't got it. Invite you to the club that same night and buy 100 bottles at the bar. I needed money for my baby diapers. Real nigga told me no, but I could come to the club to hold him down and make sure nobody don't smash a bottle over his head. Real nigga shit. I don't want to be a real nigga. It's too many of you. So, are, are you kind of like just anti and kind of protesting what the street life is about? Everything in the streets destroyed everybody that I love. Everything that I love, everybody. Rod Diggs never met the brother. Rod Diggs is gone. Rod Diggs had the potential to be the next Malcolm X. Pistol Pete. I know Pete. Niggas can't erase my history with Pete. People, people got to understand. Sex, money, murder. Pete, Pistol Pete, right-hand mans. The twins, David Mullins. That's my baby mother's brother. David and Damon, when you look at the, 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 the bid that got Pete life in jail, the Thanksgiving Day Massacre where five people got shot, that's my baby mother's brothers. The streets, I came into a, I, I, I was like, I inherited a beef that I didn't even understand how strong that beef was. I didn't know what I was dealing with, beefing with Pete. I had to jump into the fire and find out the hard way. The good thing about it is I was shaped and molded by some strong, strong dudes. And at the same time, I was corrupted. Every mother, or rather there's good mothers in the community. My mother did not raise me. She hated what I became. But she had to understand the streets was raising me too. The streets was raising me too. And the reality of it is, at some point in time, a woman got to fall back and let a man do his job. And when a woman don't have a man in her son's life, there's going to be a rich, a, a real nigga in the hood waiting to embrace your son. To pass, I know dudes, I ain't going to even say one of the dudes that niggas is mad at, I said his name before. This dude was one of the most grimiest niggas on the earth. I ain't going to say his name because he's dead now. This nigga then had at least about 30 kids go to jail for gun charges for him and take murder cases for him. You're going to cop what? out. Yes. But niggas be like, he's a real nigga. No, he, he messed up mad lives. And this is why I get beef, because I be saying names. But I said, I'm not, he dead now. I ain't go, I'm not going to diss the dead. 
This is what these dudes do. Bronx River, I'm beefing with my own projects. You know why? Why? Because one of the young boys that got murdered on Morrison, Don, loved the young brother, but everybody knew that this dude, got, first of all, he on paperwork with rape. So now he the new Bambada. And everybody acting like, yo, no, some people are actually happy that he's gone. I have so many different females in my inbox talking about he raped me and telling me the apartment. One of my friend's sons. And I took the video down because my friend was mad at me like, yo, that's, a, that's humiliating for my son. His son was raped by this little nigga. But they praising Dawn. This is why my, my projects hate me right now. And then the older niggas in the Bronx is scared of these young boys, so they going right along with him. Yeah, you know, he shouldn't have said that. Nah, fuck that, man. He was a creep. Nigga was a creep. I stand on that. So when niggas act like I don't have real, no, I got real beef. After you've seen how people ignored when you were being, you know, molested by somebody older and, and they just looked the other way and nobody said nothing, do you kind of feel like, man... You be just like them if you don't if you don't actually make a stance because again you know I keep bringing up I think you're kind of showing that people from a certain community if you've made it out and you have the luxury of making out you got to be a role model and, and you got to show people the way how to go and you got to show people what to do and what not to do you got to stand for something. With, with, with me, it's like I was raised even in the Zulu Nation. The one thing let me tell you something about Africa Bambada. If Africa Bambada wasn't a pedophile, he'd be one of the greatest men that walked this earth. Anybody that meet that man that wasn't touched by that man going to give you one of the best stories that you ever had. He was a good man that was raped by two twin brothers, allegedly. So he was damaged. But at one point, do we stop aiding and betting dudes that's doing this type of stuff because they're rich? Celebrities have this thing where they can get away with anything. So they willing to do anything. And, and with, with Africa Bambada, he was allowed. But then again, there's dudes in the hood that gets away with anything. You got dudes in the hood that got 13 baby mamas and all of them 14 years old and a nigga 40. And because he sell drugs and he got the block on lock, nobody's saying nothing. So everybody got this mind your business type, not minding my business with nothing in the black community no more. So when dudes ask why, why, why grown men is talking about other grown men, like Fat Joe, for example, let me talk to you real quick, son. I don't know if Fat Joe was talking to me on the Mano podcast. I, I listened to it. I, I would think he was talking. But a lot of people feel like Fat Joe was talking to me. First and foremost, ooh, ooh, Joe. What do you have with Fat Joe first? I have nothing with Fat Joe. I like Fat Joe, but at the same time, like I said, the first time I met Fat Joe, if he don't remember, right? The first time I met Fat Joe was in Bronx River Projects. He was coming into projects. I was coming down the hill with my crew. He had his crew with him. We got into a staring match, and Africa Bambada came running out the center to meet him just in time because everybody was about to start pulling. Mm. Joe might not remember that because I was like 14, 15 years old. After that, see, Joe don't remember me because I was going around Joe's brother, Money Man, with B.O. all the time. Right? But I'm the little nigga that nobody don't remember. All Fat Joe, like, what, when he say he gonna make niggas drink toilet water, Joe, if you ask your old manager, Mickey Benson, he'll tell you, you'll never make me drink toilet water. This is poppy here. I come from the home of Jason and Xavier Williams. You know both of them. This is poppy here. 
Like, you'll never make me drink toilet water. That'll never happen. If any nigga that come from your hood or anywhere else... Let me, Why does he feel that way about you? Like, listen, did you say something about him? I don't know if him? he was talking to me, but I do know everybody keeps saying he's talking to you. So I'm talking back. I like Fat Joe, but let's keep it all the way funky. First of all, Joe, let me say something to you on this bigger platform, right? You sat up there and you told the world that David Mullins, the twin, was a rat. He never got locked up. Where's the paperwork at? You didn't have no paperwork. But then you get mad... Because that clown-ass nigga Ten Toes Down, a.k.a. Marky, got along with Cuban links and put fake paperwork out on you. I could have put that paperwork out the way the other clown niggas did. I did not touch that. I'm not putting fake paperwork out on anybody. As far as I know, Fat Joe is an official dude. He gets busy. I will never take that away from him. But, Joe, I get busy, too. And you will never make me drink toilet water, ever. And anybody that actually ever approaches me better approach me with caution. Because what's going to happen is... If they do get me, they're going to be in jail with about 30 other niggas that you got in jail that's bidding for you right now, Joe. Niggas got life bids fucking with Joe and all the rest of these rappers. Let's stop playing. Or the opposite, you're going to have to apologize to their family because there is no fair ones. We're not shooting no fair ones. This is 20. This is 2022. I'm not playing. Nobody's playing. Do you feel like that, that's like bringing in a different energy, though? What I'm feeling is like the day that I was born, I was sentenced to death. I feel like I was a little boy. Crying, under, crying in my room under the covers, hiding in the closets for my mother, getting them ass whoopings, looking for my father, wondering where my father's at. The day that I was born, I always wanted to die. So when niggas be sitting up there talking about you gonna die, see the thing is I'm not gonna kill myself. Let's not make that's not let's make let's make that clear. I'm not killing myself. So when you come to get me, I'm gonna give you. You ever seen the movie The Crow? When when no. the, the movie The Crow, at the end of the movie. The bad guy, he grabbed the bad guy, and all he did was just give him his pain. Any nigga that faced me right now, I'm going to give you all my pain. But you got kids, though. I got kids, though. You got to live for them. Everybody that we know, Nipsey had, everybody had kids. Nobody cares. I refuse to live like a coward because all of these dudes, all of these industry dudes decide to take a shit. On the black community, and then they, they they gave birth. They the bastard fathers of hip hop, or uncles of hip hop, that sitting back watching our children commit genocide and acting like they don't see it. Fat Joe got a podcast right now. Lil Wayne got a podcast right now. DJ Khaled got a part. All of these major rappers got podcasts right now, and nobody's addressing the fact that our babies are killing babies. They're looking to the side like if they say something, it's going to be a problem. So I'll be your huckleberry. So if I'm talking about the things that's going on in a community that destroyed the community or that's destroying the community right now, I don't care about Fat Joe going to Puerto Rican, Puerto Rico and dropping off a plane full of shit because the Illuminati let him, the gatekeepers let him. What I do commit care about is him going in somewhere in the South or somewhere where he could buy Puerto Rico and then move the community there and start the Puerto Rican Wall Street. Because until you do that, you ain't doing nothing. Don't give me nothing. Teach me how to fish. Do you feel like the majority of these hip-hop artists who become veterans... Drop the ball in trying to prevent the cycle that they came from and somehow made it out. Listen, let me break something down to you, right? All these rappers had beef. All the old school rappers had beef with another rapper. Some niggas got it popping. So there was some, some deaths in hip-hop. 
Like, rest in peace, Scott, La- Scott LaRock. That was the first death of hip-hop. May he rest in peace. Right? But that wasn't rappers beefing with rappers. All of these old school rappers talking about what they do and how they do it and I give it up. These niggas had fights and pillow fights with other niggas. Nobody died. King Vaughn is dead. FBG Duck is dead. Like, we pop smoke. Like, this new generation... These are rappers beef and gangbangers beefing with each other with his bodies dropping. If you sit back and you look at K-Flock beefing with D-Thang and them, and you do like how you started off with your documentaries, you got new dudes doing it now, following that, bl- that blueprint. And when I tell you they connecting the dots from body to body to body, like I could sit up there and show you where, like for example, right? Certain rappers have beef in clubs with each other. Tax Stone. Mm. Tax Stone is in jail because Benga got murdered, right? Mano Girl got shot in the club that night. Yeah. Mano didn't shoot nobody after that. My girl gets shoot. If you shoot my girl well, in the club. It was my accident, allegedly. If you shoot my girl. My accident? If you shoot. No, there was no accident. Niggas was disrespectful. That's a working place. Y'all niggas is in the working place doing concerts together. Internet trolling turned into internet beef. And I don't say this to disrespect Mano. May his mother rest in peace. He's going through something right now. But I be pointing shit out, right? Another example. Niggas pick and choose they ba- battle. Mano brother got, it, got beat up by Rod Diggs in the bathroom, in the club. Rod, <laughs> Mano was in that same club. Rod Diggs never got laid down. And I'm not saying Mano's a get busy dude, but niggas pick and choose they battles. Haas ain't the one. Poppy ain't the one. So my whole thing is when you go through hip hop, right, with all these hip hop beefs, when Fat Joe said it was was safe, 50 Cent made it safe at the at the award ceremony. When they met outside, ain't nobody die. They met outside, ain't nobody drop. Did they? Yeah, I heard it was some things that happened outside. You know, I heard I heard allegedly 50 confronted him outside or whatever behind that. Mad deep. But bottom line to it is, this new generation that took on this gangster persona, these niggas talk that shit on wax about what they do. These little niggas, K-Flock, aired the nigga out. Allegedly, I have to say allegedly, but at the same time, his prince is on a gun. He's in jail. The evidence is there. This nigga aired something out on camera. Is your point to to say that the older generation of rappers were talking it, but these young dudes, they, they listened to it, it, and they were like, oh, okay, they they're going to live it, and we're seeing, way, because that is true, we're seeing way more bodies drop now. And let me and let me say this, let me make this clear, right? Shout out to Mano, may his mother rest in peace. My prayers go out to that brother. He's hurting right now. I need these niggas to understand something. What's the thing with you and Mano? I like Mano. I even like Jim Jones. I love Jim Jones' music. No, nah, you don't like Jim Jones. No, what it is you is... You don't like Jim Jones. No, hold up. No. I want people to understand something because I'm man enough to say it. I would love to be able to do something with Jim Jones. I would love to be able to do something with You don't Mano. agree with his actions. You don't with, agree with Jim Jones' Jim actions. Jim Jones destroyed too many lives not to change. What do you mean? Like, what, what lives did he destroy? There's so many dudes in jail behind Jim Jones that niggas never talk about. For one, for two, Jim Jones birthed. OG Mac brought the Bloods to New York City, yes. But on an international level, 
Jim Jones spread this shit like wildfire. Casting over two times, one of the charges that he got was pro- promoting gang lifestyle through his music. Nobody did that greater than Jim Jones. He did make certified Jim gangster. Jones was in a position to where that, like, Melly and all of the rest of them dudes, like with the Takashi situation, I was the first one sitting up there saying, Takashi a good kid. I was the first one making videos about Takashi when I heard about the cases that he had. But, you know what I mean? My whole thing is, like, you got a dude that's being raised by dudes that's... I was raised by dudes that was 10 years older than me. At what point do you not blame the environment and the people or the adults and you say, that person's making a decision on their own? Like, for example, I get it. K-Flock, I believe, is 18 or 19 or something like that. But at what point do we say, I know he's young, but some of the fuckery and some of the negativity and some of the violence, he's choosing to perpetuate because of the results, which might be more clout, more fame, more money. I get the product of your environment thing, but even with 6ix9ine, 6ix9ine was over, uh, shit, I think he was, he was like 20 or, or at least 21 or something like that when he got on. And, and I remember, I vividly remember one time I was kicking around with him and like, it was like all these blood dudes and I felt uncomfortable because I'm like, this just seems like, it just seemed like this violence about to happen when, when he was around them dudes. Right. And then he was like, he knew I was there. So he was like, yo, we're, we're about to go to this other place. And we went to a home that he was at with like his, uh, like one of his homies cribs but it was his real friends, like like his childhood friends. It was nothing like that. They were cracking jokes like you, kids. What artist you said it was? The 6 9 All right, 6 9 The 6 9 They were cracking jokes like kids. And I remember saying this to him, and he'll tell you. I said, yo. I said, bro, you know this? I, I, I said, yo, this this feels like it's you. I said, you know, like, I, and you might be both. You might be the, the gangster who be hanging with them, and then you come... Back to your, your childhood friends and like you're like mad innocent cracking like, you know, little goofy jokes. But I'm like, you know, that shit's going to end. It's going to end bad. And I remember him, you know, kind of thinking about it. And his answer to me was. Yeah, but. And he didn't really say it directly, but what I, what I what I felt his response was, I need to do it right now. I need this to make this other thing happen. So I guess that's what that's where the question of me me asking you is: this, When do we blame the person versus the situations and the adults that are allegedly taking advantage of them? At eighteen years old, your brain is not even fully developed, and in the eighteen-year-old growing in the hood, most men in the hood don't mature till they forty. Mm, really, most niggas, in, yo. If you go through New York City, we ain't talking about the South where they got $900 apartments, $700 apartments. Most of these dudes in New York City. They do live with their parents Has never had their own keys. They piggyback off the back of a woman. They break the woman, destroy the woman, and in return, she destroys the kid. 6ix9ine was electrified by dudes like Mel. Mel's a soldier. By dudes like Shoddy. Shadi's a soldier. Now he's coming outside. He's with the elite supervillains, superheroes of the hood. That is an addiction worse than drugs. Is he not making that decision though? He may. If he don't make that decision, he fall victim to the streets. 
But what if I say he's making that decision to be around them because in music you need that element of real. You need them. You need the real villains to make it work. It's like if Bobby Schmurda wasn't wasn't them guys, GS9 wasn't them guys, that music may have not hit the same. It's the same way with this whole thing with, with, with this Bronx drill shit. As crazy as it sounds, K-Flock streams has gone through the roof since he got locked up. You know why? That's the reward. It's of real. Second. It's real. No. Now it's real. It, well, it, well, to people, they're looking at it like, oh, it's real. That's Satan's reward, nigga. It's a bloodthirsty type of situation. So I look at that even with 6 9 I'm like, you know, I, I struggle in between thinking, did he get taken advantage of or did he use that situation to get the music popping because he understood what you just said? Satan's reward. Right. So here's the thing, right? For me, I'm going to whip my son's ass when he do wrong. But I'm like, by the way, his father wasn't in the house either. But I'm like OG Bobby Johnson, right? The hood raised 6'9. He wasn't, a, he wasn't a street dude. Living in Brooklyn, either you're going to roll with the rush or get rushed on. Meaning, he had an opportunity to A, stay with the corny friends, which he kept, or B, come outside with the shooters, who's going to clap his ass and smack him up, or C, be able to live his life dreams. And be protected while he did it. And be around heroic street figures. Mel is a superhero to some of non-Trey. Shadi is a superhero to some of non-Trey. That is an addiction. B.O. Some of the dudes that I looked up to. Before I even touched the streets. Before B.O. even knew who I was. I was looking at him. My big brother Jerry was running with B.O. Jerry is a working man now, always really was a working man, but took no shit. And in Jerry's days, most of the time, he had a couple of bangouts where he had to bang out, but Jerry was known for knocking niggas out. Undefeated, never lost a fight. So I had dudes that had legendary status. My projects was a legendary project, but amongst the wolves my age was pain. To go outside, you had to have pain. So now I'm looking... At what does the, that mean? What, what, what is pain? Niggas was destroying you. You got stomped out, first of all, and they're living my projects to get in the elevator. To be in the elevator, if you end up in the elevator, elevator and there's five people in that elevator, somebody's in the middle. If you get caught in the middle, you're getting beat up till you get out of that elevator. Corners. Even the games that we played, Regal Levia, dudes throwing each other on a black rope, black. Like, we, we, played, we played football without a football. Tackle football and concrete. Niggas wasn't playing in the hood. It was the school of hard knocks. To go to the store. Some people walked through the hellfire to go to the store on the corner. Or you took the you took the shortcut down Morrison to escape the niggas in the projects. Or went to Rosedale to go to the store. Either Morrison or Rosedale. Nope, I had to walk through the hellfire every time. And in Brooklyn, it's no different. Takashi going outside, even if a nigga ain't beat you up, you can feel a nigga breathing down your back like I want to beat you up. Somebody wants hey, to beat you up. He told a story about that. And and I think I think this is when he kind of really committed to to it. Right. I think at first he was like, well, you know, I could kind of do both or whatever, right? He told a story about it. he said he, um 
somebody pulled a gun on him when he went to the store. And um, I think, I, I forgot how the story went, but but I think, I remember him calling, you know, like him calling the dudes who should be protecting him. And, you know, obviously he's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. Happened. And they basically, like the remedy was, when you outside, you got to be with us. And I, and I think that was him also kind of accepting the lifestyle that you're in it now. Right. You're in it. You got to move this way with these people because they're going to do these things. Because before, he didn't get what it fully meant. So I get what you're saying. Um, that's trauma, though. What, do you, what did you think about 6 9 cooperating? The street me don't respect that. The street version of me, right? Because it's different versions of me. The street versions of me is he's all the way a sucker. You know, what, how, how old was he when he first got, when he got locked up on that case? I believe 22. Now, when I got locked up, I was 18. I knew the rules. He knew the rules. He violated. Do you think he's a rat? He's absolutely a rat. And he's absolutely I'm a new, rat. I'm nope. going to play devil's advocate. You know, Wack 100 is someone who I also, listen, I'm not in the streets, so I listen to you guys who have clearly, you know, you guys putting the work. Wack says, I don't look at him as a rat because he was never really supposed to even be in that position. He wasn't supposed to be in the streets. Listen, I agree. See, now, that's why I said the street version of me. The real nigga version of me, there's no excuses. When you're dealing with the, the real nigga version of me, when you're dealing with the father, when you're dealing with the, the now I'm a grandfather, when you when you spiritually in tune, like first and foremost, he was never, right? And I say this to him, and I say this to Ed, and I've been saying this. One of the reasons I made a video early in the game, why I stopped being blood. And one of the main reasons why I stopped being blood was because they let too many niggas in the whip that was didn't belong in the whip that wasn't built like that. You let dope fiends in there that was robbing niggas in jail for dope. You let dudes that was not elite. I'm a dude that run with, if you see me with anybody, is either wife and kids, driver, or like at some point in time with me being in the streets, it's the shooters. Now, you might catch me with some squares because I don't live like that. You might catch... I'm not with you. everybody. Tell, I don't come outside. I don't have no security with me. Why not? Because at some point in time, I'll deal with security, but certain things I don't need security for. That's for one. For two, it's like you're hated. Listen, play this for me, right? Right. If and by the way, your address is late. This and third, like if you're gonna be around those neighborhoods, I live far out in the, in the ways. Like shit. Nigga, if you have to get, you got to get the whole fucking map to come get me. <laughs> you, you you seem like, because I, you name drop a lot of places you at. I watched the video, you like, yo, you at the projects. And I'm like, what is this nigga doing? If that's how you're going to move, why not? You got money now. Why not move a little protective? Because why have the assets and then not protect yourself? See, here's the thing, right? For me, I have to adapt to who I've become. I'm still used to going to the store, and I'm in, like, let's say, for example, I'm in the mall, or I'm in certain stores on Fordham, 
And dudes be like, yo, that's that nigga. Yeah, that's that nigga. What's up? That's my attitude because. Really? They, yeah, like cause sometimes they do it sarcastically. Like they want to feel your energy. So then I turn around like, yeah, what's up? Because see, like, see, my whole thing is, bottom line to it is, when you approach me, approach me with caution. Anybody that knows me knows that I have pain to give. Nobody's going to beat me up. I'm going to K-flock you. That's it. End of the story. It's either we're going to shake hands. Hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm Hassan Campbell. You want to take a picture with me? The majority of the time, when I'm in the streets, I get super love. The little homies, the little bloods and crips love me. But the, 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 the older niggas, they hate me. They hate me. Wait, because I've seen this recently because... Sometimes I can't even tell if you're serious because I'm like, there's no fucking way this this is going on. You had said something about like like people had like tried you in a store or something. Like I don't know if it was a corner store or whatever. Like what the f- is this? So people are pulling up on you. They they know your face. You're mad visible. They see you on YouTube. You're a YouTube star. I'm a YouTube star as well. They Hassan Campbell. The name rings bells. If somebody could troll you, if someone feels like they could get a stripe off of you, they're going to try to do it, whether they're connected to people you don't like or not. How the fuck do you deal with that? And again, I hear what you're saying where you you respond with the energy like, yo, what's up? Yeah, that's me. What's up? But suppose they're like, I bet. What's up then? Let's get this going on. I I was in a liquor store, right? Like, not even two weeks ago. I was in a liquor store. And... I was in there by my myself at first, but then a bunch of dudes came in with their flags, mm. and they all was behind me. So Duke behind the counter taking forever to give me what I'm ordering. I see them singling with each other. I feel the energy. I'm from the projects, so automatically now I put my back all the way on the door, and as they closing in. With they hostile energy feeling funny. Wait, wait, wait. So, so, so they're behind you at yeah, first. Did you, you turn around first. and face so them? So now as they come, they coming towards this way to the towards the counter, I move back. When I left that liquor store, everybody had their hands on the wall. Literally until I left. Don't move. Nobody get hurt. And we good. I'm not playing with nobody. I was walking in my car. On one of my blocks that I be on, in the, I'm in the Bronx every day. I don't know why niggas why? be running. Wait, why are you in the? Because yo, one, hey, listen, I'm telling you the same you know shit why? I tell Takashi. You know why? Why? Because I have people that I love that still that I take care of. So when I go back to the Bronx, I have family members that I'm taking care of. You just don't abandon your family. I'm not one of them dudes. First of all, I'm not a millionaire yet. I'm on a road to being a millionaire. I speak. I speak things into existence. You know, I'd have made I'd have made over a quarter of a million in one year. Yeah, but still, you, you you can hand that money off to somebody. Like again, when you are a highly targeted person, people are people that become around you become targeted as well. They do, but at the same time, you got to understand the target is already there. You got sucker niggas that don't leak my information, even in even in my blocks that like like that people didn't know about. They leaked it, not even realizing that I don't care. Like honestly speaking. I feel better. I'm more comfortable in danger. In life, I realize that you can never let your guards down. If I walk inside my house, right, and I've been like this for a kid, like since I've been a child, if I walk inside my house 
and nobody's inside the house, I'm looking in closets and I'm looking under beds. That's never going to stop. That's trauma. I'm looking, yeah, it's trauma. I'm looking in the bathroom. I'm looking in the tubs. I have to search to make sure nobody's hiding in my house before I decide to take a nap. And I got dogs in my house. So wait, so, so, oh, wow. That's yeah. So, so, I'm different. So, so you said, all right, so you, the whole thing with the, the, the liquor store thing, and then you said dudes try to pull up on you some other time? There's a video on the internet with dudes approaching me behind the kid Dawn in Bronx River. And you'll see, if you look like, dude approached me or whatever the case may be, and I'm going to be honest with you, the dude that approached me, I always liked him. I don't know if he, me and him used to have talks. I always liked him. He was never accepted by the hood. He was never accepted by the hood. So when he approached me and I'm listening to these niggas, my whole thing was like, yo, you approaching me about something I said on the internet about Dawn, but the niggas that killed him is right down the block. I refuse to even let you little niggas play with me like that. So as he was talking or whatever the case may be, I realized Shorty had a ham up under his shirt. So I backed out my Bible. And as I backed out, other people started closing in. So now, truthfully, I'm in the middle of these guys. If I actually set it off, somebody was, anybody could have hit me. But at the same time, all of my OGs that raised me is caught in the middle too. Some of these dudes is working dudes. They're not in the streets. They're working dudes. So now they all caught in the middle of this now. But at the same time, you see me like, you know what I mean? You see it out. Like, fuck it. I'm not playing. These niggas. This is a video online? This this video is online. What the fuck? They took this video, the niggas in the hood, and sent this to a bird nigga that did time in jail. And he uploaded it to basically get me in trouble with the government. Obviously, he puts the video on YouTube. So the video's all over YouTube with me backing out my own projects over a dude that was raping everybody in the projects. It got rape on his record, on his rap sheet. Boys and girls. Yo, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. Yo, son, you're living a wild life, my brother. So, um, this Jim Jones thing. What is, why did it, it feels like you call him out more than more, more than most. You know why? And it also feels like. You know why? I'm I'm going to say this for the first time to Jim Jones, right? I see a great leader that lives inside Jim Jones. Jim Jones to me is like Anakin Skywalker becoming Dark Vader or being the good Anakin Skywalker. In Jim Jones' life, he's did more destruction to the black community than anything. Him bringing the blood movement. Like, I feel like even with, with Jim Jones... That conversation, Jim Jones, I don't care what nobody say. Jim Jones was Melly Big Homie. To me, Jim Jones was Melly's big homie. I thought it was the other way around. Yeah, that, that's why every the money Jim Jones is a Jim Jones is a king. He's the prince of Zamunda. He's the king of New York at one point in time. It, and is, he still it, is, is it because he's he's a rapper? Jim Jones has something special about him. Where all the real niggas flop to him, which makes him a king. Is that he's a rapper? That's what I'm saying. Yes, yes, because he's a rapper. He has a gift. Even if he ain't writing this shit, he has, shit, does he have a gift? I want Jim Jones to understand something, right? I don't hate him. He has the power 
to heal or kill. The black community, the African-American community, and I hate to call it us that, we are a stolen people on stolen, on stolen land. We are broken people. Jim Jones has the power to walk a straight line and people going to follow him. I would follow Jim Jones if he switched on his righteous side. I love Jim Jones' music. Haters is not going to say that. I love Jim Jones' music. Is that hypocritical, though, if, if his music is, is rapping about... Listen, hold up. Jadakiss, right? Let me give you an example. I don't know if he got a new album that I don't know, I know about, like how he got that song, Keep It 100. Jadakiss has a swag about him that says grown man and not ignorant. Now, I just had, I had this conversation with some dudes from Jadakiss' neighborhood that said Jadakiss did X, Y, Z to the hood, this, that, this, that. He got such and such, this, this, that. I would never. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But when he gets in front of that camera, there's a grown man energy. When Nas gets in front of that camera, even Jay-Z at this point in time, Jay-Z, his energy says grown fucking man. You don't think that that's what Jim Jones... Jim Jones yeah. looked like a stupid Power Ranger. He looks like the most ignorant nigga that a woman would want to bring home to her father, her mother and father. Jim Jones is an embarrassment to Chrissy. Even though Chrissy comes from the street, she got a brain. But when you analyze Jimmy when he's around his son, Jim Jones is better than what he's showing. He just feels like he got to keep selling us ignorance when he don't. When Jay, when, yo, Isn't that rap though? No, it's not no more. Because Jada Kiss, like Jada Kiss to me, is putting out an energy that says grown man. Nas is putting out an energy. Nas has always put out an energy that says grown man. You don't have to be the ignorant nigga. I think Mano is one of the most, like Mano has so much potential. I will support Lobby Boys after I hear it, depending on what is, what's, what's the message that is put, pushing. What do you think the message is going to be, given it's titled Lobby Boys? I like the video that Jim Jones did with the Migos. What's the name of that song again? Um, I think that song is dope. I like, I this, I, I like I this song he put out. Uh, the, the, um, one, the, the one that... The, the preview... After the whole the whole thing with Freddie Gibbs, I like a lot. Hard. I like a lot of Jim Jones music. Mano, I never really liked Mano's music until Mano came out. I never gave it a chance, rapper. Let me say, because he when he once he came out with "I See You High Hater," I yeah. was like, "That's a disgusting song." You didn't like High Hater? Hell no, I didn't like it then because I didn't understand it because I was a street nigga. But with his popularity, I understand it now. So now I understand it and I like it. I had to catch up to the song. I wasn't on Mano's level. Mm. With Mano and Jim Jones, I would love to be able to sit down with those two brothers. I made videos about you. I would love to be able to sit down with Mano and Jim Jones. There's dudes that I sit up there and tell you I would never sit down with. But I like certain things about Mano, certain things about Jim Jones, but I don't like the fact that niggas is getting rich off of niggas' pain. 
Do, do you think people take it too serious? Because I, I feel like I, I've seen like you know because of your criticism, which I I think is you know it's pretty. You, you have a, a a point of view and you keep it pretty fair. That's why we're sitting down. Like, shit, you probably said stuff about me, but like again, I probably looked at it and I'm like, man, even if I disagreed, I'm like, yo, he, he's shooting straight. And I always respect somebody who shoots straight. Constructive criticism. Exactly. And, and then I'm like, you know what? This is someone who I would love to have a conversation with. First of all, Ooh, why don't they? Why don't they talk to you? Academics. And go ahead. Yeah. Academics. Let's deal with academics, right? right the academics brand, right? How do you tell academics that he can't be academics when dudes brag about selling dope? They brag about the niggas before them that sold dope. They make they make movies about like 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 um Frank Lucas. Paid in full, baby. Paid, like every every like Alpo came home a hero rat. He was a hero rat. Niggas loved him at the same time. So my whole thing is, so now you're gonna tell academics, yes, I'm mad at academics that he making videos. You made a video recently where you was somewhat promoting a little drama that just happened with these young boys or whatever the case may be. I'm mad at academics because academics now has the power to heal or to kill, to give life or to give death. On my platform, no matter what these niggas say, I might get mad and entertain the haters because I get tired of getting attacked, but I try to give life to my community. And in order to give life, we have to speak out against the evils. So when Fat Joe sit up there and asks Mano, how was this nigga talking about grown men? Because you grown men are destroying little boys. And then you go live off with your riches and think because you decide to borrow money from the elite to get a tax write-off and go back to live your rich life because you owe taxes now. So now you get to lie and say, instead of me spending $10,000 on some fucking book bags, I spent $3 million. So now you don't owe no taxes. Y'all play games with us. I'm not with the games. Teach our children how to survive the way you surviving. Show them how to get out of the hood. We are not supposed to live in Brownsville. We're not supposed to live in East New York. We're, <coughs> we're not supposed to live in Edelwall, Bronx River Projects, Webster Ave. One of the things, and I, I pointed that this out specifically about you and Charleston White. I said, you guys speak, and, and, and hip-hop's going to hate both of y'all. Really because you hold hip-hop accountable. You don't fall into the, well, we from the hood, so we should be able to promote violence and profit off of it to get our family out of poverty, but we're going to ruin everybody else's family. Y'all speak very straight and direct to say, no, this is not cool. This is fucked up. And given that the, the mere fact that I've been in this position and I come from this, I could speak directly to say this little hypocrisy here where you save yourself and you drown everybody else is not the wave. I could never do that because they always said to me, Ak, you're not from this. You ain't come from the hood. You ain't you. You, you wasn't in positions where you had to be toting a gun and catching charges and you wasn't a street nigga. So how are you going to tell street niggas how they should act when you wasn't one of them? What you guys are is pretty much the um, embodiment of been through it and giving advice. Here's my thing, though. 
do you think your delivery like makes people because again I would love if I could have me you and Jim Jones on this podcast here I believe it could be so beneficial to those same neighborhoods that you both are affected and it could be positive it could be a civil conversation but from what I see it doesn't look like they want to talk to you Listen, it doesn't look like a lot of people want to talk to you. Do you think that do you think that your delivery is a little bit too wild? Act. You don't see all these podcasts stealing from me at this point in time. Niggas is using my slang, not giving me credit. I've sat back and listened and watched uh, uh, um, Wallow. Shout out to Wallow. I love Gillian Wallow. I'm seeing these niggas steal my slang. I'm actually watching dudes. What he say? Roberta verbatim. Say things that I say and everybody is hitting me because they see it too. My whole thing is, but you know what? I will never take away the fact that Gillian Wallow, before Wallow even came home, Gilly's been pushing positive message. I will never take that away from him. Wallow was a dope dude. But when you recognize a dude, don't act like y'all don't see me. They see me. And Why are you so fucking invisible then? See, to, to I'm, so in, I'm, in, I'm invisible because I offend dudes that's friends with friends. And my whole thing is like this, right? Why is it that? Let me ask one question, right? I predicted. Why I'm so big? I predicted King, King Vaughn's death. Did you? Before it happened. No, you the didn't. Video, did you? The, the videos is up there. I, pre- I predicted. How, how, how did you come to? Because the energy of the street. You got to understand the energy. There's an energy that overwhelms you before you die. What do you think that uh, the, predict was was gonna happen with Little Dirk? With Little Dirk, it's kind of scary because Little Dirk is being protected. But at some point in time, first and foremost, Little Little Dirk, Little Dirk has the right security around him, and he's moving right. Little Dirk, big, his biggest worry is the FBI grabbing him. Because they know he played, and they and at the sometimes at the same time, I feel like the FBI is protecting certain dudes in Chicago. Really, but that movement they've been. Let me break something down to you, academics, right? Chicago, right? Chicago had a blueprint from who killed who for the last ten years. You actually knew who killed who. When they killed them, you actually knew that King Vaughn had 13 shootings and most of them was like bodies, like 10 of them was bodies. The FBI could have been stepped in in Chicago. That was the energy that they wanted from Chicago. Chicago is a... You think the government's allowing this in Chicago? The government is allowing. That's like Jay-Z right now, right? Jay-Z and Meek Meek Mills or somebody else, Jay-Z is trying to make it illegal... For the government to use your raps against you. Now. Do you agree with that? If I was in jail. Yes. If I was the real nigga trying to get out of jail. Thank you Jay-Z. But me being the father. The uncle. Of somebody that got murdered. That I love. And this nigga just bragged on a a record. On how he killed my child. Where he killed the man. And had the evidence that the police didn't have. And then I'm going to sit up there and say, as a parent, when you sit up there and say, no justice, no peace, no racist, police, where's the justice at for the mothers 
that's standing outside with the candles and the posters of their babies. You crying over your babies that died. Where is the justice for the mothers? She wants justice for her baby. She raised her baby to be right. The streets corrupted her child, or maybe not. But a drill rapper hit him in the head with the headshot. Hit him in the leg with the leg shot. Now he's dead. And she's all she's asking for is the same justice that my son and Tamika Mallory asking against the police. This mother wants that from somebody that killed her child. And we sit up there saying, we're not going to use these lyrics. Well, this little nigga gave forensic evidence that he did pull his trigger. But Jay-Z saying, we're not going to find him guilty. So now you telling drill rappers that it's okay to diss the dead and brag about killing somebody's and family member and get away with it. Nah, nah, I, I, I agree with that too. So for me being a... Hey, hey listen, listen, here's the thing though. I agree with that. And this is where I feel conflicted because I feel like I'm a part of hip hop and I'm like in this industry shit. I feel like if I say that, I'm like the sellout. Because it's like, no, you're supposed to agree with these rappers getting away with murders. You're supposed to, like, that's part of the game. You're supposed to be hyped that the fact that they're rapping about how they killed all these people in life. Act, let me ask you a question that I want you to ask all these niggas that said, when you get these older rappers on your platform, I want to know why they're not using their voice in their platforms. Everybody got Instagram now. They got millions of followers why are they not all of these young boys look up to one of these legends? Like, there's so many rappers that could have saved my life if they knew I existed. And I'm not the only one. If some of these rappers reached out, and, 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 and like, I want, I, want, I want Jim Jones to understand something. And Mayno. I see greatness in them. I just want them to show New York. Y'all the kings of New York. I want the kings to be kings. I don't want no more of the dudes my age to be the reason why they could, the, the kids is caught in the, the most beautiful things in the world is surrounded by the hellfire. How they say back in the days, the same thing that make you laugh and make you cry. They know this. Tell these children this. Every time I go back to the hood, my life is in danger. Every time Jim Jones went to the hood without 30 niggas, he got stomped out. Why you keep glorifying the hood? Every time he went to the hood for years, he got robbed of his ring, beat up, jumped in the polo grounds. His security got beat out, beat up in mass. He didn't throw not one punch or whatever. Why you keep glorifying death? Our babies, our kids is dying. I know some of these kids. Little D thing. His mother. One of my closest friends is best friends with his mother. I met his mother. Never met him. I want to see Shorty come home. I want to see Shorty become a hero. He has, D-Thing has the powers to come home. If he change, a lot of his friends is going to change. The question is, is the music industry going to budget him still? No. You, 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 you did say 
heard you say something was like lock them up. My new slogan. Why have you adopted that new slogan? My new slogan. I sat back and watched aimlessly so many videos that make me cry. That people like people gotta understand something. I've been falling back off of YouTube lately because it's draining me. My stories is different from your stories. The chick in Chicago, she was sitting in a the car. They shot her. She's pregnant. I'm looking at her. And I'm, st- I'm looking at this sister, and I'm like, yo. I'm looking at her picture, and I'm thinking, I run her bath water. I'm a shampooer. I want to get some baby oil. I want to hit up with the lotion. You know, the things that you do for a woman when you ain't mad at your wife, because my wife would be like, you ain't doing that for me right now. <laughs> but, you know, you go. this yeah. is what you think of. When you're not mad, and this is what you're doing in a relationship for your woman. I want to take on a relationship, I mean a vacation, to most beautiful places. This young woman got a bullet in her with a baby in her stomach. 11-month-old baby in New York gets hit with a bullet. 11 months. I'm just dealing with the recent stories. I'm not going through all of it. The little girl in Burger King just moved from Puerto Rico. Got a job. You're 19 years old, 18, 19 years old. You making mama proud. Graduate from high school. You working a job, doing what your daddy want to do. I'm looking and I'm seeing my, my my kids, Hassan and Medina, my first two, uh, first three. My, my babies, Malik. I'm seeing my babies. Until we start to look at these women and kids, as our women and kids, it's going to keep on happening. There was a time when I was in jail. I said I would never wish jail on anybody. If you a pedophile, lock them up. If you like, if, 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 if you like robbing and beating in New York City, I've never seen so many senior citizens being beat to be robbed. So dudes could get high. Lock them up. If you sitting up there. That's the point. If you sitting up there robbing. Like understand something. If a gangbanger does something to another gangbanger. May the best man win. Live your life. But keep your shit. Away from the civilians. Niggas in the hood got to understand something. And when I talk. I got to talk to the cameras. Everybody. Didn't agree to be a real nigga or a street nigga. You did. Everybody didn't agree to be a real nigga or a street nigga. You have people that want to be good family men. Women that want to be good family women. And they got to stay quiet while you sell dope on a staircase. Lock that bitch ass nigga up. Because in the gangster movies, the Godfather... They, 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 they sanction death on anybody that sell that shit anywhere in their schools... And in the community. Niggas take that shit down the block somewhere. Create an avenue. Somewhere that where our kids don't have to worry about that shit. Why the fuck is our kids sitting in the parks. Watching dead bodies be slumped over. I'm sick and tired of you real niggas. And you bad bitches drinking Hennessy in the park. So the kids got to be upstairs. But they stepdaddy kicking over their castle like Snoop Dogg did in Baby Boy. Let me say it again. 
He's upstairs with the stepdaddy. I hate you. I hate you too, little nigga. Kick this castle over. So now when he go to the park to play with his friends, he got to watch Brenda and Keisha and Shanene drinking Henny in a fucking park? Y'all getting drunk and high in the park where the kid's supposed to play. Now the kids can't come outside to play. It's safe to say it ain't safe outside. And you old niggas through your lyrics is making not safe outside. And when I, why are you talking about grown men business? I hope all you grown men go to hell for what you're doing to the black community. Y'all sell, po sell poverty and pain. You are billboards for the hellfire. You come to the good. Why the fuck is Jim Jones in the hood? Jim Jones, if you could answer one question. You know you got robbed. I've never got robbed. The first time I ever got robbed. When Jim Jones gets robbed. When True Life and him took his ring and beat him up and punched him in his eye, allegedly. You know, Jojo Cabone just finished bragging about that shit. They, yeah, they beat him up, they robbed him, did all that shit to him. Bottom line to it is, when you a millionaire, fuck all that. Why are you in the, in the hood with a million dollars worth of jewelry selling dudes, little kids, a gangster persona? Grown men don't listen to Jim Jones. I still do. I still like the nigga. Nobody listens to that nigga. As a matter of fact, most people right now don't even listen to music too tough no more because we miss R&B. You going to tell me we don't, miss, we don't miss Mary J? We don't miss Jodeci? We don't miss Boys to Men? Luther Vandross? A little genuine. A little genuine. Yes, genuine. Yes, my nigga, genuine. It's so many. Like, we miss... That love making music. Now all we got is these old ignorant niggas with gray hairs in their face talking about, I look like a grandfather? <laughs> Fat Joe look like he don't know if he want to be fat or skinny. Nigga, fix yourself. <laughs> well, what did Fat Joe do, though? What did Fat Joe do? He's, he's not perpetuating the same hood Fat, lifestyle. Fat Joe, Fat Joe just made a video on Mano's platform, and everybody tagging me. Like he talked about the YouTuber that's talking about, well, that be me. If ain't nobody going, I'm talking about everybody. And my whole thing is, you niggas so deaf. You went from selling crack and dope on the streets. Then you moved to the, the, to the music industry and sold pain to poverty. Got rich, still selling pain. And then because you flew a plane to, pa to Puerto Rico in the dark that you used as a tax write-off because Puerto Rico still part of America that somebody going to glorify your fat, skinny, stank ass after you left fat Joe. I mean, big pun. Now, let's break it down. Big pun wife and kids was in the shelter. Before they went to the shelter, they was living in my building, 1455 Havard Avenue, Bronx River. She was living in my building with Rachel and went to the shelter while you was a multimillionaire. How you gonna sit up there and talk real nigga shit when you don't got one picture making men's with, 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 with Big Punch's son? I would die to see a picture with Fat Joe and Big Punch's son together. Hmm. I would die to see a picture with Big Pun and Fat Joe's son together. You're going to tell me that little nigga can spit. He a grown man now. He's never going to have a position in hip-hop. You're going to tell me Big Pun ain't looking down like why my son ain't on? Fuck hip-hop. 
son was everything to hip hop. His son is being buried right now. It's like, is this the end? Remy, where you at, Rem? Where the picture with Remy with, 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 with Pun's son? Wish I could bring Pun back. Bitch, hold that. Bitch, hold that. Bitch, hold that. Ain't nobody gonna say what I say. Ooh, you don't feel the energy? Remy, where's the picture with you and Pun's son? Because I see pictures with motherfucking with Fat Joe and Pat Poose after Fat Joe bragged about beating Pat Poose up. Mama told me once that it was gonna happen, but she never told me when. Y'all niggas is full of shit. Oh, you Damn. ain't never had this energy on your platform. Now, I like this shit. I, I like. I like that. It's, I, it's passion. It's what you're showing me is that you care for. Give me that toilet water. You you care for this culture and you care for the community that that all this is affected. Can I ask you a question? Because I think this guy should be on the same side as us. But he hates me, and I don't know what he thinks about you. My son. Lefty, gun up in his right palm. Popping niggas in their sleep so they die calm. Killer be killed. That's the shit that I'm on. It's desperado style. Shooting at him, sidearm. I'm gone. You mean the dope like heroin? My son, the first time I heard my son was the same day I went to go do a Jux. Got my first Rolex. The first, I ain't gonna say the brother name. Me and my son, like some of the dudes that the dudes that my son look up to, I was committing crimes with. I ain't gonna say his name because I said it before, whatever the case. But this dude fighting to get his freedom, so I'm gonna I'm gonna slow it down. But yeah, the first time I heard my son, I was a fan of my son, of his music, a fan of him, always been a fan of my son and his music. And two, I seen the hypocrisy in this nigga. I. I saw just like, you know, and by the way, I really didn't even have an issue with him. I, I felt like instead of tackling, you see what I like about you? You tackle everybody the real issues. You're not scared of like, oh, you know what? These guys, if they see me, they're going to beat me up. These guys, they're really tough. These guys, they will give me a wedgie and have the toilet water. You're like, what's up? You, yeah. you t- The thing with my son, my son, I think he goes down a list and he says, well, I could talk about what Jim Jones is doing, but nah, they're going to beat me up. What about this guy? Oh, he might do some stuff to me. And he go all the way down the list. He even passes your name. I should get this Hassan Campbell guy. Nah, he might do something. No, he just write raps about me and talk about me indirectly. He's not going to say my name because he feels like I'm bigger than my son now. I needed my son's help with the Africa Bambada situation, right? He promised me he was going to help me. He never did. He ignored me. Then I started watching the hypocrisy of the topics that he touched on. He always picked on like Trinidad James. Everybody that my son challenges is a sucker. The only reason why he stepped up with whack is because whack bullying him is like, all right, I think I can fight whack back right right now at this point or whatever because he think whack is vulnerable. There's a lot of stuff going on with whack, but whack ain't no sucker. So now I've sat back and watched him handpick like a bitch. All the dudes that he's going to deal with and the topics that he deal with. And it started eating me. My son reached out to me. He looked at my Instagram page and he seen my co-defendant. He already knew I was fucking with X and him. But when he seen Eric Bennett. See, Eric Bennett is an old school name. 
Niggas like this, this is my son a street nigga? Like is is he like a gangster? Like I, I can't tell what he is. So I no real talk. Like I don't know if he's my the way my son talks to me, he talks to me like he's a killer. I'm gonna be very honest. Listen, so listen. That's what I'm being my honest. Son, my son in his younger days. He was a menace. No, never a menace. But he will fist fight, he will throw his knuckles up. My son is not a sucker. If if you had to go somewhere and have a fist fight, my son gonna throw his hands up, depending on who you fighting. Because, like I said, in his earlier days, he got smacked and drank through in his face. In Bronx River, not in Bronx River, but he was in a bar. And when they threw that drink and smacked him, he was like, Why are you doing this to me? It's Nigel's fault. He was crying like a little bitch. At that same age, you couldn't throw a drink and smack me in my face. You would have, your whole family would have died. I was a menace. My son has never been a shooter. In order to beat that nigga in New York, you have to. My son ain't never shot nothing. Free at last. Free at last. My son was talking like he got like 10 bodies, man. My son ain't I never was... shot nobody. Yo, hold on, yo. My son ain't even. I thought my listen. son was the biggest killer out of New York until son, I until somebody told me he did some time for robbing son, a cab driver. My son ain't never killed nobody. My son was a nice nigga that could rap, that was able to fight in elementary and junior high school. My brother Eric Bennett loves my son. He hates when I talk about my son. He loves my son. He loves my son. He loves both of us. My son reached out to me to squash the beef. I squashed it with him. What started it back up is when I seen Tamika Mowry and my son on the news talking about let AutoZone and Target burn. And then I went outside in the Bronx and seen all of those young kids burning down mama and pop stores and like laundry mats. They was breaking in stores that was owned by Latinos and Dominicans. Most black people don't have a store in the hood, but the Africans do too. So it wasn't the stores that was owned by you would say the, 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 the white people. A lot was, of the stores was that was affected people was, color. Was, was the people of color. And then you telling them to do this, and you know that they got the security system where they're going to come get these kids for the crimes that they're committing. So when I tried to reach out and get in, didn't get no response, after I promised, like, mind you, I started beefing with um, Gully TV. Shout out to Gully. Shout out to Doggy Diamonds, man. Doggy Diamonds is a legend in the game that, you know, he paved the way. Certain dudes paved the way for us. They never get no. They never get no shine. Somebody just said that uh, Doggy Diamonds, his channel got like taken out. Today his channel got hacked. Okay. And one thing I hope he gets his channel back. Doggy, Doggy, Doggy been rocking. He been rocking since Biggie, the Biggie era. Damn. He he he's been putting in work since the Biggie era. You got dudes like Sub Zero. Shout out to Sub Zero. You got dudes that was actually putting in work. So for me to be where I'm at right now. I'm honored, but Gully said some shit. Yo, it was funny. He was like, yo, we going to give my son the, the K-Shine, is he dead kick because your career's over. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when, it's like when you said that, when you called him an ambulance yeah, chaser. Well, I mean, like I that's why I really academics is watching me. When you called him the ambulance nah, chaser. Amb amb yo, yo, <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest with you. It's like. Man, I, when it comes to um, um, like my song, right? Man, I don't even. I feel like it's so non-constructive for me and him to go at each other. Chances are, it's probably like really a low percentage we're even gonna run into each other. Even though, like, 
I'm here in Jersey's in New York. Like, we're not even in the same circles. It's none of that. But, like, truth be told, I don't even think he's one of the people who want bad for the community. My only thing with my son is that he tries to be a leader. Everybody wants to, like, almost fill a Nipsey hustle void, but they're unwilling to go at the people my necessary son. to wear my son that. is the ultimate sucker. That nigga is so full of shit, it ain't even funny. I got a tape recording that I keep in my phone where Dr. Khaled Muhammad breaks down how these, these, these fake activists and artists gets locked up by appointment. They come home. Every time my song get arrested, it is by appointment. He got locked up recently, didn't he? He got locked up and it was a photo op. Let me explain. What do you mean? It was a photo op. It was fake. No, that don't happen. That does. shit, yes, it does. And Khaled Muhammad broke it down. That's why Khalid Muhammad stepped away from the nation of Islam because he was saying too much. When you start to wake up, first and foremost, right? What message is you teaching black children when you sit up there and you see a black child get shot by the police? Then you go get your cardboard box. No justice. The picket no sign is always there. No racist. Police. So you now you got the picket sign, and then hold up. Somebody's mother's crying. The child is in the freezer. Doctors done did the autopsy. The organs done been passed around. And you got my son running with gang bangers. You pull up to a specific place. Put your hands behind your back. Look at the camera. Freeze. Pose for the picture and go to fuck the jail. So you mean to tell me this black activist because I'm a revolutionary. You mean to tell me this black activist is teaching a new generation to be enslaved because under the Constitution, if you are in prison, that's the only time they have the right to make you a slave again. When the system systematically kills your children. Go get a protest. Go get a sign. Protest. And when the police. Hold up. You didn't even commit a crime while you protesting. Free at last. Free at last. God on money. I'm free at last. Then you sit around and you say, hold up. The police is waiting for you to put your hands behind your back. They let you take the picture. Check, check. And then you go to jail. What you teaching our children? That's not the Gullah Wars. That's not how Haiti, when they write, they write back from Britain, the British. Well, 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 I personally think he's doing it for his check. The check? And you know the crazy part no, about well, it? No, well, I have a whole Yo, thing with it. Like, like, so, Listen, I mean, you, you mentioned it before, like these like 501c3. Yeah, like yeah. pretty much my son does not get paid for music. Black. Like, I've I, I, I've analyzed his whole music career. Vlad, my son doesn't get paid more than two hundred fifty bucks per month. Vlad was helping. Vlad was helping my son with bills. My son told my brother, Lord, I Kim, mutual brother that we had. He sat up there, told Lord, I Kim. Vlad told me that that he living in a he living in one of them own George Jefferson buildings now, million dollar buildings. Tamika Mallory. Tamika Mallory, Cadillac commercials. She was on welfare. 
You went from welfare with no job to riches. Everybody, the, the, the female, the head of Black Lives Matter, this chick went and bought houses all around the world. Meanwhile, Tamir Rice's mother is saying, y'all just robbed the dad. So now it's not Hassan Campbell calling him out. Tamir Rice said, y'all use my child and other black people, children, to get ahead. Meanwhile, the real leader of Black Lives Matter, Darren Sills. And those brothers that came along with him, all of them was assassinated. Mind you, Tamika Mallory is the protege of Al Sharpton, FBI agent Al Sharpton. FBI informant. The news put Al Sharpton out there as an FBI informant. One of the first cases where Al Sharpton realized he could get the bag off of the debt budget was a brother that lived across the street from me from Bronx River on Willow Ave, Amadou Diallo. Mm. Amadou Diallo was shot 41 times for going for his wallet to give the police his wallet. They murdered him. That was the beginning of getting a budget for a black dead body with the police. Tamika Mallory is Al Sharpton's protege. Wow. My so, my, Tamika Mallory is my son's big homie. And, and my son is like the picket sign holder. He's the picket sign holder. The ambulance the, caller. Am, the ambulance chaser who won't, chase the, who won't chase the dead bodies of black rappers and help stop my son... If my son would have joined forces, forces and sat down with academics the way I'm doing right now, he would have became one of the most powerful voices in the United States. He's full of shit. But because he's scripted through George Soros and Black Lives Matter, talking about he's, he's until freedom. Well, until freedom is supposed to be the voice of the people. How do you? I challenge. And my whole thing is like this, right? For my son. My number one question for my son and Tamika Mallory. Let me talk to you. Can I talk to you for a minute? Uh, how do you realize that Antifa infiltrated your movement while y'all was marching and started vandalizing all of the communities where the black people lived at, burning down our stores, our communities, and then you didn't tell the young black children Antifa infiltrated our mu our movement, cease and desist, do not do no more, because the feds is watching. And Antifa was paid to do this, but they also paid our children to do this, where some of our children is getting locked up still to this day because they was tracked through these stores, stealing cell phones and everything else. They never told the children, don't do this, because they plan on them doing it again. Mm. There's going to come a time where there's going to be more rioting, more protested, so they don't want the children to stop. And that, that's kind of like, even with the My Son thing, right? It's like, yo, he, he was like really focused on me. He was really, really focused on me when there wasn't any protest to do. And then as soon as he just got arrested recently, he didn't care about me no more. Because you got to keep yourself re relevant. And the reality of it is, my whole thing is, is like, yo, My Son has the potential to be the dopest, one of the dopest dudes that ever walked this earth. But because he's bought and paid for, you're going to see the, ver the, the bitch version of my son. My son has it in him to be a hero. But Mr. Soul Not For Sale sold his soul. If you want to fix the black community, you have to start by fixing the black woman. 
than the black man so that they could fix the black child. A lot of what he does, I feel like he'll pop up. He got a picket sign. He got a blow horn or whatever, like the little, like, you know, a PA announcer thing. And he's basically just. You know, act, you know what I, wanna, I, want, I want me and you to do? What's up? I want us to pick a day. Yeah. We're going to go through the hood with our cardboard and picket sign. <laughs> and we're going to do, do exactly what they do. We're going to walk through the hoods. And say no justice, no peace, no racist police. Uh, and then meanwhile, I feel like I feel like there gotta be more effective ways. The, if you want to name more listen, effective ways, first and foremost, right? Let's break it down, right? My brother Lord Akim always say to me, "Where's the solutions?" First and foremost, one thing I see: I was robbed of my childhood. I didn't get a chance to play. I think that first and foremost, where's the budget? Every Borough should have a skating ring. Mm. Kids should be able to play, especially after being touched by their stepfather. I think that there should be a skating ring. I think that guns down, gloves up. Shout out to my brother, Ock. They got a movement. Guns down, gloves up. I think that, shout out to Cayenne, Kill Bill. I think that in these movements... I think that if niggas know, we know who else got, if K-Flock got a beef with D-Thing, mm. let's put that shit all over the internet. Where now y'all got to come out and fight in the middle of the center. But hold up. Hold, 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 up. hold up. No, no. They are going to fight when you teach them how to fight. They don't want to fight because they can't fight. But if you get boxing instructors to teach them how to fight in the middle of the ring in a circle and they fight... And they knuckle up, more kids is going to want to knuckle up because you taught them how to fight. The worst thing I've ever seen was some of these stupid-ass hood boogers. If you don't fuck him up, I'm going to fuck you up. Tell his son. His son go outside, bitch, you never taught him how to fight. So now he gets beat the fuck up, and all the little girls beat the mother up, and that stupid bitch go upstairs too, and now you and your son got black eyes. Hmm. You didn't teach him how to fight. He's sitting up there. He in a house where he got 35 cousins. The uncles, all they do is make them fight and record them shits in the living room. And you made your son fight that? He got beat the fuck up. So now, I don't know how to fight. I keep getting beat up. But these niggas over here, they going to give me that gun. Mm. Who going to get beat up when they got a gun on their waist? Shit, we saw that video of uh, the shit in Chicago where the guy, he lost the fist fight. It was an O-block. And then, shit, when he got up, he shot the other guy. Because you know what? Yo, I swear to God, no lie, I fell in love with King Vaughn. No homo. I fell in love with King Vaughn when I learned about him. I just learned, like, all that Chicago shit I didn't know nothing about. When I found King Vaughn, it was like, yo, this little nigga reminds me of the Chicago Pistol Pete. Mm. I see him in a situation where he decided to be a man for the first time and box it out. He whooped Quando Rondo like a runaway slave. Yeah. All little Tim Singh, all little Tim Singh 
was my brother. He warned them prior. I'm not playing. He told them. Same way I'm telling you rappers. You send your entourage to me, I'm going to put them in a bag. If you send your entourage to me, even if I got to pull my ain't nobody stomping me, I'm going to put them in a bag. Hit them in there. I'm a, like, I'm going a, I'm to a Rikers Island them. Like, for real. I learned, I learned that one finger could be ill. I refuse to have, yo, let me tell you something. Some of my kids look at me like Superman. Do they fear for your life? My kids, my kids is going through it. They see, they see I'm being tormented on the internet. They going through it, and people purposely keep on doing it, knowing that that's what it's doing. But I'm building them up. But I got a secret weapon. I got a little, yo. Let me tell you, so I got a secret weapon. One of my kids, that little nigga is poppy all the way, and I'm gonna tell you something, man. My kids. Like, everybody ain't going for this. But see, the thing, we living in the era of technology. My kids, my daughters, my sons, look at me like I'm Superman. Before you niggas make me drink toilet water and put your feet on me, the pastor going to be praying over somebody's casket. I know I live by the sword most of my life, so I have to die by that sword. I just repent and ask God for forgiveness. When them bullets hit me, I embrace it. I just ask God for God to forgive me. But you niggas making me scared? Y'all dealing with a different nigga. My man sitting right there called me one day on the phone like, yo, you just got to move. You got to leave. He texting me on the phone. You got, he right there. Don't put him on. He like, you got to move. You got to put him on camera though. You got to move. You got to leave. He's so scared because the enemies, I done created 10,000 more. Nigga, I looked for death, for death the whole time I've been born. I hated life. When you come to give it to me, understand I'm going to share my pain. And when it's my time to go, I'm setting my kids up to be all right. But I refuse to stay quiet while you niggas sell death to the black community, while you go move up to paradise. Every last one of these black, black rappers, y'all going to tell academics that he can't promote black on black crime, but every book, every movie, Every nigga that went to jail, every rap is dedicated to destroying the hood. Just don't talk about you niggas after you got rich off our pain. Some of these rappers so dope, coke, crack, came from the coke, crack, dope era and now selling fucked up music and got our kids watching them. Just don't talk about them. Fuck these niggas. When you see me, see me. God damn. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, man, I don't know if this was a, a, a uh, interview or more. It was, yo, this is Hassan Campbell featuring academics. Hassan, let me tell you this. I'm very glad to have you on my platform. I, I like your perspective. You know, I, I, I also fear for your safety, but I know you walk with God and you also walk fearlessly. And I like to open up my platform. I remember, remember you said this before we got on camera. So act, they don't hate you. Man, I'm I'm some I'm someone who I don't ever let what people say should happen on my platform happen, and I hope to have much more of these conversations with you. I think what you, your main message is a message of healing, and I always said this. I even said this to Meek Mill even when we were going at it. I said, "Yo, your voice penetrates an audience that mine can never, because they don't see me coming from that environment. They don't see me in them." 
But when you have an authentic voice who could tell people that they've been to the they've been to the top, they've been to the bottom, they've been the person on the uh, on either side of the gun, it hits different. And this is why your voice is important. Your pain, your trauma. A lot of people experience that. And um, you know, allowing you to you know be on my platform, you know, I, I respect you for even pulling up because you know. I feel like we're going to have much more of these conversations. You know, the next time we're going to try to add more voices in here because I feel like, you know, this is an ongoing conversation, but it's a cultural conversation and a community conversation that we're trying to further, you know? Yo, it's, it's crazy because I'm not even done. There's so much, like, when you watch Boys in the Hood, right? Yeah. When Ricky got out of the car, when he came back and he spoke to Doughboy, Doughboy said, I'm not even mad at you. You didn't belong in the car. Mm. Takashi never belonged in the car. Some of the things, like some of the people, I know dudes that ended up doing 18 and 20 years and 25 years in jail, that that wasn't their life. But because they had something to prove to the hood, they was good kids. Gang culture, hip-hop rather rap culture. Because hip-hop culture was different. It was fun. When do we show that these young kids that we could actually go back to having fun when dudes were doing the crunk dances? That looked like it was fun. That was the last of the fun. Mm. When do we go back to having fun? Pac, I'm the closest thing that the music industry gonna ever have to Pac. Niggas be telling people lies. Hassan Campbell always wanted to be a motherfucking rapper. Nigga, you niggas is lying. I grew up with Ralph. Wilson, Willie, Boogaloo. We was in 1455 in the hallway. Ferris, these are Everybody wanted to sing to get the panties off. Who the fuck want to be a rapper? We wanted to sing. Is there any more room for me in those jeans? You got it, you got it bad. I wanted to sing the panties off these bitches. I can't sing. Shout out to Usher on that. Got the icebox with my heart. I'm so cold. I don't want to be a rapper. I want to sing the panties off. Nick, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Muhammad Ali. He was a ladies' man. Like, don't get me wrong. I would love to rap, but I want it to be R&B. We got to bring the fun back. What about well, these dudes that do, like, you know, Bronx drilling shit? They dance. Listen, I want people to understand something. And this is a promise I made to myself. I will never promote any Bronx drill music where you dissing the dead. I love and learned to love Bronx drill music because of the brother five God that I was rocking with. I loved his music. He made Black Lives Don't Matter and certain other things. I loved that brother music. He was one of the first drill rappers that I ever wanted to see win. And if me and him didn't have a fallout, he would have been sitting right here with me on this camera, the same way he did with Math Hoffa. We don't deal with each other no more. But his music, I loved his music. And my whole thing is, is that you can make drill music without dissing the dead. You don't have to disrespect somebody's crying mother. Like, I, I tell you right now, to the mother of Dennis Taplin in Boston Seacorp, when, when I did what I did, when me and Eric, did, Eric Bennett did what we did, we was young and we were surrounded and all we knew was how to be wolves. 
The dudes we was beefing with was way older outside of Javon. Dennis Taplin was 28 years old when he died. I just turned 18. We have no business beefing. I pray that the family could forgive me for killing that man. I don't never want to disrespect that man. All I knew was that I had to fight for my life. Did you bear the burden of knowing that you took someone else's life? I bear the burden of knowing that there's about 100 dudes that looked up to me that took lives after me. This is why I fight so hard to stop the message that's being sent out by these ignorant rappers. Some of these rappers done had bodies drop over their beefs and got dudes sitting in jail and ignore the fact. And it's like you don't feel no sympathy because you still got to sell this image that's destroying the black community. Everybody sells death to the black community and then move out into poverty and then leave the next generation of kids to figure this shit out. Nobody really gives a fuck about these children because if they did, all of these dead rappers, where's the stop the violence movement? Self-destruction. You're headed for self-destruction. Have you ever reached out to the family of the, of the people? You know what? This is the first time that I've actually reached out on a large-scale platform, and this is what I use... All I need is one mic. I use my mic. Everything that I said, if I said anything to offend anybody, then forgive me for my lower self. But if I said anything that could save a life, know that that comes from God. Judgment day is coming. Don't think that you got to die to go through hellfire. We've been living in hell our whole lives, and the consequences of our acts cause us to go to hell, cause the penitentiary. If you eat, a pizza and a hamburger, you get acid reflex. Acid reflex leads to cancer. That is the beginning of hell. Behind every, every action, there is a reaction. They don't teach us this. If most children was taught simple things in life, if you eat this mixed with that, you're going to be looking for some Tums. You're going to have an upset stomach. Most of us know that we can't, oh, you lactose tolerant, you ain't drinking no milk before you go to work and you got to ride on the train for 45 minutes. Why is this not being taught to our children? The facts of life. You take the good, you take the bad. Where's the facts of life at? Now all we see is Jocelyn. Somebody sent me a video where, she, where a female was like doing UFC style and slammed another female. And I'm like, yo, is this what y'all showing our daughters? Yeah. I remember looking at Nas. And he made that song to my father with daughters. Talking about how his daughter put a picture up on the internet. Yeah, he got a song. Yeah, the song's called Daughters. Right, father with your daughters. Then I looked at me arguing with my baby mother about my child. Just wearing a sports shirt. I come from the era like if she like, listen, you put pictures up on your Instagram with them on a water park, a beach. If you're not an appropriate, uh, an appropriate uh, 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 area, you know what I mean? At least, you know what I mean? Be in that appropriate place. You see what I'm saying? And this and this is my thing, right? This is my thing right there. We raising our child together. She's raised with mommy and daddy. 
Mommy and daddy is raising her together. We a team. Like little things, like we, we like, it's like as parents, right? She done been through some shit, right? I done been through some shit. Nobody taught us how to heal ourselves. And as a matter of fact, like there's certain people like, yo, everybody's interviewing these sucker ass celebrities. Yeah. Try interviewing the hood. Mm. If you sat back and you talked to 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 to, to Lily about what she was raised with and how she went through, she'd be laughing at my life. Cause we went through similar things. And she had to study the DMS in five and and learn where she was broken and where she was doing this and she was doing that. She learned like psych psychologically, she learned the, the the label of what they call us and our um our illnesses as the black community. You see what I'm saying? And it's like even still, we had to heal ourselves and still be parents of our children. Mm. Wow. As a female, she got taken advantage of by her stepdaddy. As a male, Africa Bam Hop and Africa Bambada, I am the child of hip hop. When niggas tell me that I can't talk about hip hop, the first father, the godfather of hip hop, ruined my life and saved me at the same time. In order for me, people gotta understand something. When I say I love Africa Bambada, it's not that I love what they try to make him out to be my boyfriend. That was my dad. Despite what he did to me. It hurts me to see me have to destroy him. But to keep him from feeding off of the flesh of little boys, I have to slay him. Because all them real niggas around him ain't doing it. The Mickey Bensons, who was Fat Joe's manager at one point in time. And others, Ice-T's manager at one point in time. You don't never hear none of these dudes... Ice-T, Fat Joe, like, I love Ice-T. All of these dudes, like, they grew up, this is my family, the first family of hip-hop. I remember I tried to rob Queen Latifah. She must have felt it. She was in front of my building looking for Bam in Bronx River, and I, she was on a motorcycle. I was getting ready to get her. She rolled off to the other side of the Bam. We used to get ready to get her. We didn't give a damn. We was foul. I was, I was just as foul as you young niggas, too. I was going to rob Queen Latifah. I was going to rob, I remember me and I got... May he rest in peace. We was gonna rob Timberland and Ohm and, 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 and Missy. They must have felt it. They jumped in the car, blew it off. I remember I was gonna rob the singer Joe. Shout out to Joe. I was in Harry's Triangle, and, and and me and one of my big brothers, me and Big F, was in Harry's Triangle. We were sizing the nigga up. That nigga looked. He felt the energy. He blew it. Like I, it's, it's so it's, it's so many niggas I did get though. I got a history. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. It is what it is. I come from the streets. This is Poppy from Bronx River, not Hassan Campbell. Actually, it's both. Because I'm not Poppy from Bronx River no more until you approach me the wrong way with your entourage and you think you're going to put hands and feet and dance on me and then you realize, like, hold up. He hit him in the head with the head shot. Hit him in the leg with the leg shot. I'm a little retarded when it comes to violence, nigga. I don't want to be violent. I don't want to brag about being violent. But it's like that nigga in the movie where he told you he got a special set of skills. Before you raise your fist and hit me, I'm going to blow your face off with my fake gun. God damn. Listen, hey, we're going to wrap it just like that. Yo, Asan, man, I got to get you back on here. I feel like your story, I feel like we barely even cracked 25% of it. No, and, we ain't even. Yo, and, at, we, we ain't even touch. Yo, let me tell you something. We ain't even touch 
when I tell you how, how Tupac said, my pain runs deep. Share it with me. My number one favorite song in the world was Tupac Pain. Not no more pain when he came home. Pain from above the rim. Tupac, any rapper, like the, the Tupac is the number one rapper that I could relate to. Tupac was a ball of pain. People say, Hassan Campbell, you a hypocrite. Why? Because one minute I'll say, wonder why you call you bitch. And then I'll tell you about Brenda having a baby. This motherfucker's on the, on, on the internet. Let me make something clear, right? I got $100,000 for anybody that could produce a mother or a video with me saying that I raped somebody's son or anybody's child. On Doggy's Diamond's platform, it's funny as shit with them. I said, when I was a child, I learned to touch other children. I make that clear. When I was a child, I learned to touch other children. We all played house, right? As an adult, I wasn't touching nobody's children. They mixed my words up. Oh, he's a rapist. I never raped nobody in my life. Never been to jail for rape. Never touched nobody's kids. I saved the youth. Y'all destroy him. Stop sending out misinformation. I got $100,000. Sue me if I don't give it up. I got $100,000 that'll sit up there and tell you that I, like, like, I've never touched nobody's child. Ever. Nor am I gay. But at the same time, if y'all gonna tease me for being gay, then I have no problem with sitting up there telling dudes, hey, like, for example, with, um, what's the nigga name for Chicago? Jojo Capone? Yeah. Always respected Jojo Capone. Always respected Jojo Capone. But when he started disrespecting me, I started talking about busting nuts in his mouth. Because you're not more gangster than me. I always respected that man. For some reason, he felt like he could bully me on the internet. FBG Duck Mother. I don't mean no disrespect towards her, but the reality of it is... You went hard on her. I went hard on her because just like every other one of these hood boogers, I would never want to be FBG Duck when niggas is putting my mother on the internet when she's sitting up there talking about giving them oral sex, and that's the op. Well, I had to be her son... And she's sleeping with dudes the same age as her son. I can't sleep with somebody the same age as my daughter and my son. My son is 25 years old. 25-year-old female is bad. I feel like it's legal, but I feel like it's sticking my hand in a candy jar. I want a grown woman to caress me. When I was younger... Yeah, maybe I would have went a little bit lower. As a man, I don't feel like I don't want to feel like I'm playing in a sandbox. We have nothing in common. My conscience is not going to let me lay down in the bed after I done it's legal. God says it's legal to sleep with a 25 year old. But what do we have in common? I want a grown woman to caress me, to heal me, to mold me, to hug me, to rub me, to kiss me. Yeah. I don't want to play Pokemon with somebody's child. Hassan, man. Uh, yo, listen. Yo, we're going to have you back on because we got to continue these conversations. As I said, thank you for coming out. Man, I feel like we're, we're almost, where are we at right now? 
2.30, Jesus Christ. We're going to save the rest for the next time when you pull yo, up. You got 25 more hours. You, I ain't even, like, you ain't, you don't. I could tell. Yo, let me tell you something. At, let me tell you something. If you fuck with me and we do what we supposed to do. Well, I'm, hey, listen, and, and you're going to realize I'm opening up my platform to, to let these, these conversations be had. And you know the crazy part about it is? And, and, and well, well, the crazy part about it is that you think that you're blackballed that somebody like me wouldn't fuck with you. No. Well, you know what? The crazy part about it is I didn't realize it. But you the only crazy motherfucker that'll fuck with me. Because these fake-ass niggas got fake alliances. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 you're right on that. You're right on that. And you're not accepted in most of their worlds. You're right on that, too. So now, the square that they don't want to accept, even though they they, they accept DJ Khaled, he's a square. Hey, and, and this was what make, as sometimes, sometimes, you know, I always go by the 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 saying, the stone that a builder refused becomes a head cornerstone. You know, the more they do that, the more I empower and I open up my platform to people like you and you see how important these conversations are. People flock more to it. It's the reason why you have a platform. They don't want you to speak. Shit, the way you just told me how you did YouTube videos, you just do it on your phone and third. For the amount of views you get, it tells you that people want to hear that shit. And when people want to hear it, the gatekeepers become obsolete. Matter of fact, you know what? We got to do this for camera real quick. Let me show them something real quick. Everybody that's watching me. Yeah, nah, this is fascinating to me. This is why dudes hate me. Hassan Campbell started off in the car with a window mount. Then I moved to my house, and this is what I did. Every video that I've ever done was off of a cell phone, hooked up just like this, sitting in my kitchen. I twist it up, you go to Radio Shack, or order this online, and this is what I do right here. One take. So everybody that you see dissing me in videos, they done got laptop. I don't know how to work a laptop. Swear to God. I thought you had a whole editor or something. I swear to God. If you showed I, me how you made your thumbnail. I was I shocked. Had, you know what? And I'm going to say this real quick. Like, one of the dudes, like, it's been a few dudes that I, I, I matter of fact, I ain't saying that, nothing. Because I ain't showing niggas no love. Because they ain't showing me no love. But I reached out to dudes that's the best of the best while they was falling. I said, yo. Let's do this together. Yeah. While they was falling. They was up while I was coming up. I was coming up. And they now started they going started down. going down. And I'm like, yo, let's do this together because I see your potential. They didn't want to. Really? A bunch of them. They egotistical. They've ever died. We're drowned, nigga. I tried to save mad people. Like, yo, let's work together. I don't know how to edit and do certain things with videos. I haven't even started the topics that I want. Like me and my, like me and Aaliyah, my daughter. We have the Aaliyah is my mother. She's my mother. All over again. I hate my mother and love my mother more than anything on this earth at the same time. So Aaliyah is my number one pain in the ass because everything I hate in my mother, she is with a sarcastic twist. But I love my baby. So it's like when you see us interact. I'm actually trying to get a camera crew to record our interactions when we go to water parks and we go to certain places. Like CJ So Cool, I love his platform because I want to show you that you could come from Bronx River and raise your kids at the same fucking time. You don't have to be a hood booger for the rest of your life. I don't want to be a real nigga. 
I don't want to prove to you wherever I go, I got it. I don't want to have it. Can I get the popcorn and the, and, and the cotton candy and the amusement park? I don't want to be this nigga, but I know how to be this nigga if I have to be this nigga. I said, I don't want to be the thug no more. I lost B.O. My brother-in-law killed my big homie. That caused me to never be a father to my child. Like, I not, not say never, my oldest son. If it destroyed our relationship. Mm. When David Mullins died in that Thanksgiving Day massacre, yeah. they was calling him a snitch. He wasn't a snitch. His sister was supposed to be a witness. They got rid of her so she didn't testify. Pete beat the case. Pete knew about that because I told him that. So when they say he was a snitch, he didn't die because he was a rat. He died because him and Pistol Pete was dating the same girl. A girl that Pete was sleeping with, Twin was sleeping with her first. He started sleeping with her again. So Twin's legacy went out the window when they labeled him a rat. He never told on anybody. Fat Joe, you called him a rat. He never told on anybody. Produce the paperwork or produce anybody. Fat Joe, if you could produce the paperwork with somebody with Twin's name is in the paperwork, I got $100,000 for you. You lied, but then you got mad when they put fake paperwork out on you. You think you above the law? No, nigga. Forest Projects was never greater than Bronx River. Y'all paid homage to us. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, listen, um, I just want to thank everybody for uh, watching this. Yo, me and Hassan, we're definitely going to sit down and we're going to do much more other things. Hassan, thank you for coming out, man. You want to shout out anything? How could people reach you? That, that's the problem with you. We got to figure out how to get you more in tune with a lot of this other stuff. How could people reach you for business opportunities? Well, let, let me say this. Um, Instagram keep knocking down my Instagram page. Right now it's Poppy from BX River. All the rest of them pages is fake. That's for one. For two, let me, ha let me give an apology, right? Let me be the first man to be a man. Let me apologize for every black woman that I've ever done wrong. Because hurt people hurt people. And me, I was taught in my younger days, like NWA, what do you want me to do with it? Don't matter, just don't bother. She swallowed it. We was taught by the OGs. Let me apologize to every woman that I've ever hurt, that I've ever slapped, that I've ever punched, that I've ever kicked, that I've ever spit on. I was taught bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. Lit going these nuts and suck. We, we was taught to treat these women like they was nothing. I had to learn to heal myself. And at the same time, I couldn't heal the woman, the woman throughout the years that I damaged. A lot of you dudes out there are damaging women. I don't call myself a lion no more. I used to. When a lion comes into the lioness, he kills all her cubs. When you call yourself a lion, you're moving into these women's apartments in Section 8 and welfare, and then they come with kids already, and you're destroying their children. They need a hero, not a baby boy and Snoop Dogg when, when, when Snoop Dogg kicked over the castle. They need you to be a hero. How Nas said in that song, Hero, I guess that makes me a hero. You can still be a rapper and be dope. You should spread love, not war. 
Cause my shit is popping. Now I'll be goddamn if you shot me. Shout out to Mob Deep. Rest in peace to Prodigy. And on that note, man, listen, uh, yo, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to another episode of Off the Record Podcast. We will be back for our episode on Friday. Thank you to Hassan Campbell, who a great guest. Me and him, you guys will probably see us sooner than later. We'll do some other stuff. But make sure you guys definitely follow all our socials. I can't wait to hear the feedback from this episode. For people who are watching this, let me tell you why I did this. We could talk about music all day long. And I talk about music all day long. I post music all day long, but it's affecting the community and the broader, you know, consequences of rap and hip hop is exactly what we have to talk about and be responsible for. This is why these conversations are very, you know, important to me. And also, this is exactly why he's one of the best guests I could think of bringing on to have these conversations. It's not all about money. It's not all about what songs better than what song or what album or which artist you like more. It's about the effect that. This music is having on the community and what this culture is actually going. Okay. Thank y'all for tuning in. It's been DJ Academics. It's been Hassan Campbell. We're on Spotify. You guys will see a bunch of clips of this on YouTube as well. But uh, thank y'all for tuning in. It's your boy Academics. I'm out. I ain't going to leave a